0: Hi, this is Phil Hester, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, no matter what time it is where you are. You're welcome, Jesse.
1: You sound well-rested. A
0: little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it's been a long day, so... Uh, Nap.
1: Dap with the cold. nap. Oh, Did you yeah. have any hail?
0: Hail? No, no. Not no, no,
1: That was crazy. Hail? We had hail. That's nuts. Yep. Dude. Yep. Fairly, um, large hail. Like about the size of, uh, a gumball. Any
2: damage? a big gumball or one of the old, like, old school...
1: No, not the jawbreaker kind. Okay. Just like a regular, you know, the What's ones that... Hail. Yeah, a lot next. of marble, a lot of
2: marble, Yeah, mar- marble, marble. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: I've yet to see like the golf ball size hail. We get it uh, usually like, out in the suburbs. It knows not to fuck with the city. So.
1: That's some intelligent hail, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think I shall be going there. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need this. I need this tonight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice Tonight's tonight. I, I hope we're all caught up on our books.
4: Dude, I'm all caught up on the well, the define, define, define caught up.
1: Yeah, uh, Some good stuff came out today. all but my
4: Avengers, all my new Avengers.
1: Oh, really? Did you read Mighty?
4: No. Ah, then you're
2: not caught up. That's funny. I I actually... Uh, and I'm not going to like announce it on the show or anything. But I've decided that uh, I'm you not going to read Marvel or DC anymore.
1: But you just did announce it on the show. No, because
2: we're still listening to music. Mm,
1: maybe. No. M- uh, well, see, I could... Subtly manipulate that to make the uh, fade out well before your statement that you I just know. uttered there. Doesn't
2: matter because that's I interesting. It's not a major statement. It's just a revelation.
1: Wow. See, we're so different. You're not reading them anymore, and I am so into Marvel I now. It's not even funny. Yeah, just
2: don't it's get It's all interested. cyclical. It's all yeah. cyclical. It is. No, no. I, I think, I think, I think this, this, this circle just shot out into space on a straight line. Dude, I said
1: that before too. You did. I did. Yeah,
2: you, you were did. vehement. I have more resolve than you, though.
1: That's very true. <laughs> I have No, no. no he's right. Yeah, I have none. You you put a booby next to my cheek, I'm right there. You know what I'm it's saying? Not
2: because I read some really cool stuff, and I'm just like, this is the kind of stuff I'm missing by, by chewing on the fat. And I don't want to chew on the fat no more.
1: It's good fat, though. It can
2: be good fat. Oh. I mean, a high-fat diet can be good for you.
1: I enjoyed a Greg Land book today. Yes.
2: Now I know you have off the fucking rails. No, no,
1: no. It, it wasn't... The, the, the story was great. So that okay. was the major
0: ah, you go. draw.
1: But the art was not yeah. offensive at all. I,
0: uh Spectrum kind of was.
1: I don't think so. I think she was uh, pretty hot. Uh,
0: oh, no. Oh, from the neck up, maybe. But then there's that one one panel where I don't... Her her arms are all... Wan- I thought she was going to turn into a tarantula. i going in one direction. Which, yeah, I'm not doing she a portfolio had, review her, when I'm reading. Her hips things. was... You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but
1: I'm not doing a portfolio review when I'm hey, reading these.
0: Well, someone needs to. It's fucking Greg Lane. He's been doing this for how long?
1: Ah, it wasn't that no bad. No doubt, son. Do it, and you know what? I have to say kudos to the writer, and I'll bring that up Dallowing. later. Right. Because to, for me to warm up to Luke Cage takes a lot. Because I don't like the character. Really? He wrote him so, he wrote the street out of, out of Luke Cage. Dude, and that's, fucking hurt my heart, dude. I don't like the street aspect of You're him. He's so
2: racist. Oh my God. You I, are such a racist. I oh, am. I am racist. So before but we, be, yeah. no, before we recorded <laughs> Black tonight, Russian. I was watching, uh, do you ever watch Key and Peel on comedy? Yes. Oh
0: my God, dude.
2: <laughs> and it's a, it's a story <laughs> that's, so, a, it it was that they did the, uh, they did the, the racist zombies, where it's the zombie apocalypse, but the zombies, um, um, hate black people, so they want to attack them,
0: and they like actually like run away from them. It's hilarious. <laughs> Go ahead, say we, it. They must all be Republican zombies. We introduced Jason to Key and Peel this weekend because we showed him the, uh, the, the college east west, uh, football absolutely redonkous
1: ah. was that
2: key and peel p- p- is funny funny stuff those guys are great david was
1: that before or after you got all the uh intro recordings for the show oh wait a minute oh, no, it would have been before because it was uh, you didn't fr- get I- any at all you didn't and get
0: the it starts till Saturday, so.
1: You're bad, you bad boys.
0: They're in the bed. Okay, Miguel. Sorry, we weren't working the fucking weekend. You are, you are uh, stupid and ugly. <laughs> and ugly.
1: <laughs> hey, and and I'm stupid and ugly, and I'm Vince B. And this is eleven o'clock comics.
2: Yes, and you're not Portuguese either. Uh, you don't know that. I'm, I'm German, and I'm I'm
1: Chris. You don't know? Well, I, I don't. I don't have a little bit of Portuguese in me right now.
2: I don't <laughs> <want to laughs> know
4: what is in you right now. <laughs> uh i i am uh i'm david price in om disquarius green junior university in Notre dame
1: <laughs> so horrible <laughs> No, you're not a bad impression. You're Jason Wood, everybody. And you know who doesn't make a bad impression? Discount comic book service. It's you. DCBService.com where you can get your favorite funny books and collectibles at huge, massive discounts. 35 to 75% off your favorite funny books and collectibles like these. From the Action Lab, Sean Pryor, we got the Princeless. Encore Edition Number One is 45% off. Our buddy Rick Remender is kicking it at Image Comics on a brand new series called Black Science. Jason, cannot wait. Jason thinks he's going to score some original art from this, but I don't I know. Think, Dude, Who's it looks—it looks, it looks digital to me. Who's no, it's not. It's not. Nope. The coloring That's has impressive. to be. I mean, the
4: coloring, I'm sure, is, but but no, Mateo works uh, traditionally.
1: Huh? Who's doing the art? But he just told you. Mateo
4: Scalera. You. Oh, okay.
1: But the uh, uh, for me the draw is that. Dean White, oh my God, is that coloring beautiful. But anyway, number one of Black Science can be had for a massive 50% off. It's a 350 book, do the math. You'll get it for, what, a buck 75, right? From Valiant, you can get the whole caboodle of uh books from Valiant offered for the month at 50% off. Every non-collected edition Periodical they publish for the month 50% off. If you're a first time customer David is going to tell you the three letters and a number you need to insert into the pre-moistened slot to get an extra 8% off your massively discounted order. David what's that code?
0: EOC 8.
1: Oh it's so simple. EOC 8 gets you an extra 8% off remember they do not mind late orders or order additions I do it all the damn time because I'm old and I forget stuff and you can get your previews for a dollar twelve. Forget that 450 crap a dollar and twelve cents.
4: 12. 12.:
1: It's amazing. I, 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 it is a, an essential purchase for me. I need that book. so dcbservice.com go there and save lots of money like us.:
2: Wonderful.: get money: Once you're done um, saving money, then you can be like Vince and you can go out and buy wonderful um, craft beers
3: mm hmm
1: from um the pepsi company uh you're terrible i'm, I'm skipping
0: over you then um david <laughs> how about you uh i <laughs> i i uh took out the my little on the rocks glass with my little ice sphere so i'm having some uh, buffalo, buffalo trace Buffalo nice, very nice it's i i like
2: the 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 switch over from the grape to the bourbon it's it's yeah, like a Yeah, it's like a, it's the raw version of the dap, you know, distilled dap. That's what it is. Oh, baby, he likes it it raw. If you've
1: noticed, though, the switch to the uh, bourbon has reduced the amount of time he speaks. No, it hasn't. Oh, yes, it has. The past, like, four episodes, he hasn't been saying much. When he drinks going on for like a year. When he drinks the wine, he babbles that. <laughs> you know? I
2: know who I'm sending a case of bourbon
1: to. No, he needs wine. He needs more wine.
4: No, I'm sending it to you. Um, I to clean my brushes. Uh, Jason. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, I am drinking a hefty glass of my wife's favorite uh, table wine, which is uh, an Argentinian wine named Clos de los Siete. Uh, and it's uh it's a it's a Argentinian mix of cab, um a little Syrah, some Pinot Noir, a couple other things, but uh it's it's damn good. It's her go to. We uh we uh we enjoy it around this, these parts.
1: Was that something seven? What's the name of that? Close C L O S de los Siete. Something seven. I don't know what that first part is.
2: I know, so a nice, nice Colombian blend. I have a feeling it's probably very good with red meat. Would be my guess, or
4: just with uh, my my podcast and brethren. There, there we go. go. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh, I'm um, by the way, close is uh, is is means vineyard.
1: Seventh vineyard.
4: There you go. Vineyard, vineyard seven, of the seven. seven. It's uh, I think they have seven different varietal grapes that they plant on the vineyard.
1: Look at that. Oh, I there. love grapes.
4: <laughs> yep of many of them uh,
2: I'm drinking from uh, from my favorite local brewery here from revolution Brewing uh, it's the mother of exiles uh, Pilsner so it's a it's a really nice pills which i, I don't uh, I don't drink a whole lot of, of pills so it's. Uh, in a lot of uh, lager heavy environment that we're in, loggers and ales. So it's kind of nice to have, uh, have a pilsner from time to time. So it is their, uh, their mother of exiles, and it is tasty. You know, I did talk to, uh, talk to Ryan Brown, so I should have some um, uh, Beer Hates Astronauts in one of the upcoming episodes.
1: Nice. Mm-hmm. Elvis Ex- liked the pills, too.
2: Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Different pills. Yeah.
1: So. Did you know he was a voyeur? He, do, he used to love to watch. Elvis was the hero to most. Yeah. <laughs> he used They're to love people watch, love people doing it.
4: Yes, who doesn't? Well,
1: not through a two way mirror
4: thing. Like, oh, I
1: mean, you that's know. that's kind of creepy.
4: Little balls deep, you never hurt anybody. That's sick. Sick. <laughs> uh, do you so, of all people? Right.
1: If they were maybe dwarfs, like, that'd be a different story. But oh, like yeah, regular yeah. people, nah. Regular people, <laughs> maybe a fat lady. No, those Ugh. chocolate people, <laughs>
4: They're little people. Ah, they are <laughs> the, little,
1: little dwarves. Uh, yeah,
4: I'm sure, I'm sure, Mister Pua and many thousands of others that are listening are dying to know if you had a nice birthday.
1: Who are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, David, right? Yes. I had a
0: birthday. No, it was, it was, it was. Oh. Uh, it. Uh, I worked. There wasn't much we could. Yeah, you, you um, get that work on. It, it sucks about. when you're older, right? I have to work now too. on My birthday, it seems. It's never. It's not fun. And like I was telling you, it's, it's. I don't we don't have there aren't a lot of people who are near me where you know we could all kind of get together and go hang out and grab a meal or, or a few drinks or something so it's usually after work come home and just chillax so yeah it's not like um wasn't anything anything extravagant or anything like that but I, I, I do appreciate you uh, you asking and wishing me a happy birthday and I got Nick. my bro hug on Sunday before we all left Baltimore. Yeah, you did a little bro kiss on the on the, 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 the little chitram. It was
2: good stuff. Here we y'all, go. You all mm-hmm. just gonna why, why don't you guys jump into that and because I want to hear about all of the all of the adventures and fun times in uh, in Baltimore. It was John, it was the
0: hotness. It was it. There was uh, I mean well, I I got to uh, I got to Chris's. Friday late afternoon. Uh, Jason was actually right behind me because um, when you're on 495, you're all on it for a long time, going nowhere, and and it takes forever. But once um once we actually landed in the weekend um, began, it was uh it was a blast from from start to finish. Really, I mean the 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 convention itself is really cool. It's laid out nicely. You have all your uh, your your artists' alley types and and your um and and the folks there to um be recognized or 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 uh trying to sell their wares they there along the wall and and in one major area uh which i would consider artist alley and then towards when you first walk in you have you have your dealers and and i can't wait for jason to tell his f f fifty two story but there's you have dealers scattered around and and basically in the main area along with some publishers there were there and there were a few publishers there you had um i d w and uh and and boom and i mean there's no image or marvel or d c but i mean you had some some really good dealer um good no, I, publishers there
1: i d w it's nothing to shake a stick no, out. No, no, it isn't. It isn't either and, Boom. and, Boom and kaboom, been there.
0: kaboom was set up nicely because you had they had their artists from from their, their kids' titles there
1: mm-hmm.
0: doling out. It was almost like an assembly line, but they were there to uh, you know do your sketch covers and and um,
1: no stopped, kidding. Yeah,
0: we stopped by. Yeah. There. It, yep. you know what? Let I'm I'm gonna let Jason talk about who he stopped by to visit because as we were walking around, I was basically just making sure. We didn't get lost. If Jason needed to go somewhere, i just based- a the man. He knew... Ev- I, dude, I was so turned around in this place because it wasn't like one big
4: room, you know? And every time I was like, which way? And David knew everywhere. He was like, oh, over there, this way to there. I, it's amazing. He's got like an internal gyroscope. It's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> That's the IT in him.
4: Right? Yep. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the boom, the boom booth, it was cool. Like David said, they had all the, the, the artists from the comics and... No, um- oh, Tony Fleece, though. Aww. Well, no. Was no. In, I mean, was I mean, we shouldn't Cincinnati. say all. They had some. Yeah. But uh, but they had these, um, you know, blank sketch covers. And so uh, I got them to draw on one uh, Adventure Time, number one sketch cover, Finn, and on the other, Jake. And then when you put them together, they're doing a fist pump. and Nice. And, uh, yeah. to, a diptych. Yeah, for each of my sons. So uh they were giddy and then uh and then I had another guy draw a uh a Leonardo for a holdy. So the the seeds were satisfied and happy It was uh it was definitely uh yeah it was definitely a, a kid-friendly show for sure. There seemed to be yeah. like lots of of uh of giveaways and stuff and tons of the artists were doing free sketches. I mean like to frame it it's it's interesting. I mean this is our first time At at Baltimore, and having spent most of my congo experience at New York and and C2E2, um, you know this is a much more intimate show. I um I had no idea while we were there how many people were at the show, but I looked it up afterwards, and and there are fifteen thousand people at the show.
0: Nice, only two days.
4: Yeah, so I mean to frame that's like one, you know, it's like like one eighth the size of New York, and. You know, like, I guess, like one fourth, one fifth size of C2E2. So, um, it's just, it was great. I mean, you know, even on a Saturday, you know, even though, and let me just say, it's, it's, uh, I'm very grateful to, to, to do this, uh, for, for many reasons, and not the least of which is being able to get, credentials that let us go right into cons because there was a massive freaking line it to get into yeah. the show really and it reminded me of like
0: seeing pictures from san diego when you see people yeah. lined up waiting it, it was it, it wow. seemed like there were just a lot of and and even though there were a lot of people outside online and and it was and there were fifty thousand people over the two days it didn't feel like c2e2 or new york where you're kind of like where they're herding cattle i wasn't really i wasn't shoulder to shoulder or checking my pocket as people it wasn't that tight it was there was still room to to walk around uh walk around the aisles and and see people and and especially artist alley had nice wide kind of like not as wide as as c two e two artist alley but uh you were able to walk a few wide as, as, as you're walking down the aisles it 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 really is it it's it's consumer friendly i think
4: excuse me yeah definitely uh you know and and it definitely is a shopping con yes Uh, tons of vendors uh and 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 unlike again the big shows where i think the cost of of exhibiting has gotten so prohibitive um Mm -hmm. you know tons of of guys selling you know just 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 droves of of of, you know dollar books and in fact a couple guys had like for what was it david like 120 bucks you could fill a long box or something yeah
0: one guy the first the first guy we saw with a long box he said um it was fill up a long box for two hundred bucks, but then and the only reason we were we noticed that is because of the adventure I was on Sunday morning, which we'll get to. But yeah, what the last guy we saw that that was selling dollar books, he he, you filled a long box for one hundred and twenty bucks.
1: Yeah, yeah, It's not a so, bad deal, but it's not a great deal.
4: Well, in today's day and age, I think it's, it's depends. It's, yeah, it's not bad. It's like Fifty cents a book, dude.
1: Yeah, but what, I mean, what kind of stuff did he have?
4: Tons. I mean, just I mean, t- you know, t- tens and tens of thousands of of, of books, ranging from. Uh, it was a great selection, actually. I mean, it was, yeah, it was depending
1: just, uh, on that selection, I probably would a bit. Like if he had a nice oh, run, oh yeah, yeah,
0: especially like you know, I mean, sixty cent DC books all the way yeah. to like you know, Liefeld New Mutant issues. It, it, yeah. it, it covered the spectrum.
3: Hmm.
4: Yeah, like the guy, just because we were looking for a couple things specifically, um, but but just randomly, I came across uh, that he had three copies of of, of uh, New Mutants eighty seven. Which again, it's the first appearance of Cable, and you know you mm-hmm. got, uh, and, and you could have gotten them for fifty cents a piece, which is you know damn good. So, um, so no, it was a great shopping show. Um, we, I don't think we did a lot of buying on that front. Um, I I was sort of passively looking around for a Fantastic Four number fifty two, as I often am, as still. you guys know. Still, and, uh, yeah, still, yeah. yeah. And and most most of the guys we, we did, um, Sheldon Drum, who I got to meet, actually was there, and he had a copy. Well, he had two copies actually. Yeah. But neither were of the uh, of the grade I was looking for. Super nice guy though. Um, and and then the later on in the day, I was looking around at some other dealers, and uh, I went up to this dude. I, I won't put him on blast, but but he's a, a prominent seller. He is at New York and 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 C two E two, and and has a big web presence. <laughs> um, and he's known for. Shall we say high grade comics? <laughs> and uh, who
3: the hell could that his, be? His,
4: his grade. His grade was not your grade. No, no, no. So oh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I walk up and, and he's sitting there talking to some other guy, and I say, "Excuse me," I said, um, "You wouldn't happen to have any any copies of uh, Fantastic Four number fifty two, would you?" And he looked at me with like such derision, and he's like, "Come on," <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my bad." I'm like, "What am I an asshole?" I'm like, "So." Why would I think that a place that's allegedly deals in high grade comics would have a high grade comic? Mm-hmm. So, and he like he was like he gave me like the biggest like the fuck look ever, like the <laughs> fuck are you? <laughs> and I was like, dude, there's people right down the aisle from you that have copies. Like, it's not that oh, he didn't have one. Did you say no? that to him? No, no, whatever. Oh. What am I gonna do? I walked off and told Dap and Ron, and they were laughing about it. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, dude, how's wrong show-
0: What's Ron, dude? Ron, Ron is Ron is an award winner. He won six Image Awards, uh, six Harvey's. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, sat
4: Ron flew in Saturday and we hung out with him. We went to a nice lunch. I get, to, uh, I get to hang out with Ron this weekend. Awesome. Oh, really? For what? Uh, Riot Fest. What's that? Oh, it's a uh, uh, concert fest. Oh, cool, cool. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, Ron had to go to the Harvey Awards on Saturday night as as Image's uh like uh, representative. Yeah. So I think it lasted from seven forty five until after midnight. And not only that, but as David mentioned, they, they uh, image won six of Harvey Awards. Uh, I think I think all six They were all saga. All saga. So <laughs> Ron had to but Ron had to go up and accept the awards and give
0: speeches. And like he said Neil, yeah. Neil
4: Adams gave one of the awards. Uh um, like, hey,
0: congratulations, way to go. And Ron's like, I didn't do anything. I yeah. Just, just... On Sunday we were
4: walking around with him and like everybody was ripping like ribbing him, like like all artists out there. He was like, Ron, congrats, dude. Ron Rooster's RV Award winner. But uh um, we we um we stayed at at our boy Chris Campbell's house, which was awesome. He and his wife were saints for putting yes. Armand, like, it was uh, it was it was David and I. It was uh, Sean Pryor. Yep. It's great to see um, John Carroll, uh, Daryl. yep uh, we.
0: The, is that I guess we're yeah. the main. Stadiums, that was, right? Yeah, that, that, those are the people who who stay the night. Um, but Friday night at Campbell's uh, Friday Fiesta pre Baltimore Comic Con, he had a little um. He had a bunch of people over. Uh, Tom King. I finally met Hassan. Uh, I finally met, um, the Myers, Mike and Barb. Uh, Daryl was there, like, like Jason said, um.
1: Daryl crying in right? sleep? Uh, no, no.
0: <laughs> you know, he, he, snored, he snored Friday night. From what I, from what I was told. <laughs> uh, the, uh, it was, um, Alan was there. New Mutant. You had, uh, Dean Stahl. I finally met. There were. Me. There were a bunch of people who who were at this uh, party, and actually, and and this is where, since so I didn't get to it earlier, I do have, um, I have to thank whoever left the Spawn box set because that that's one of Renee's favorite cartoons, and I've never seen the whole series. So oh, it's yeah. good! It's, it's really, good! Yeah, it is good. I know. You know I, it actually, I think it even holds up. I can't wait to see. It. I I only saw the. F- f- Few episodes of the first season, so I, I'm waiting to see the, what's on the next two Mick
1: McFarland's intros are hilarious.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she she loved the cartoon, but she it's not something she can watch by herself now. Um, she uh, and it's better and, than the movie.
1: Oh of yeah, sense, of course. <laughs> and <laughs> I have
0: it. to thank um, uh, Hassan for giving me um, the uh, clandestine classic uh, premiere hardcover, which which collects. Oh, nice. Um, Clandestine one through eight, Marvel Comics presents one fifty eight, and X Men Clandestine one and two. So I'm going to read that one of these days. Anytime
1: you're ready, you tell me because I got mine right here. We'll, sweet. We'll, yeah.
0: Okay. And it's Alan Davis, so I know Jason. Yeah, watch I've him. read it. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude, I, Austin is an awesome human
4: being, by the way. Really he is. He is, bro. He nope. is. I mean, we have you know dealt with him on the internet for many years, and I, I knew by all of his interactions, he was a very sweet guy. But he is one of those like ridiculously nice human beings in person. I mean, he's not a (laughs) Daryl.
1: Well, no, but but he's he's just,
4: you know, he's my thing.
1: Daryl and I, we have this love, love.
4: (laughs) but no, I mean, seriously, it was, it was great spending a lot of time with him. We spent, you know, he, he was part of the crew too, as was Tom King, uh, who, of course we, uh, hung out with the C2E2 as well. Um, he's, he lives in that area as well. So, uh, but there was a boat, I mean, and assload of people at Chris's house on Friday night, yeah. and and I have to say I was unintentionally antisocial. I I realized after the party kind of thinned out that I hadn't actually said hello to about half the people there. Um, think, and yeah. then after I found out, subsequent to that, I then found out that they're all people that I theoretically know from the internets,
1: and just that's unlike yeah, you. Yeah, well, you no. know what?
4: It, was, it wasn't intentional. We were just having such a great time. You know, we Chris's were place, and yeah, had- we were outside hanging out in the deck, and uh, and it was a lot of people. I mean, we're probably what. David, like 40 people there or so? 40? Oh, I, that explains
0: it. What? It's 30 to 40. The
2: hashtag on uh, on Twitter of uh, Wood's
0: a douche. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> a <little laughs> Good, Chris. <show laughs> <for that>. um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been for a while. The, uh, the, there was um, Robert Atkins was there sketching away. Actually, I I think he was working on weekend commissions at, at Chris's he- for- friday night
2: oh, <laughs> Robert was oh, that would have been awesome check check
0: that's the, hilarious the star <laughs> shows were there um uh, travis uh travis fowler was there and I, I i talked to him for a little bit and um on the over the weekend uh tom king gave me uh gave me a copy of um once Crowded sky so that's that's also on on the read pile and uh before I do forget for my birthday uh Rick Hansen was kind enough to send me the uh, the children's crusade uh hardcover so because he did not know about the paper ban so uh <laughs> I will probably be paying that forward but yeah actually I don't know because I have the first young avengers hardcover so maybe they'll just stay together anyway so that that that's also my thank you's built into one but the um the Yes, seriously, like, like Jason said, I mean, as soon as, like, the, 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 the buffalo wings showed up, everybody kind of just was, was inside. We were outside for a bit and it was starting to get chilly, so then we ended up making our way inside. It. And, but it was, there, there were, uh, there were a lot of people in, uh, in Chris's basement slash man cave. And, uh, and it's, it, the setup for Chris's joint where, where he records the podcast, where he stores his, his, I mean, he's got his collections of hardcovers and, and, and trades and, uh, and, and square book shelves on one wall. He has a bunch of transformers in glass cases, uh, like, like you'd see. At the comic shop, where the guys, you know, where 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 he would have, you know, an autographed Jordan ball or uh, or, or statues. That's because
1: the, the Transformers he buys probably cost about the same amu- amu- amount as an I, autographed I, yeah, Jordan Vince, ball. You would
4: have flossed. I mean, yeah. you'd have been casing the joint. You'd have been. Oh like, my oh. god, he had some amazing.
0: Oh, I got the layout already. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm
1: just trying to find a good night <laughs> to sneak in.
0: Of course. Nice. You have it mapped out. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I didn't spend a ton of money at the convention. Um, hey, you're pretty good. I and the things that I did find that I bought uh were pretty much almost steals. They were definitely deals. I picked up a um a portrait of uh th- th- there was an artist there, Brielle Wilson, who um she she was advertising at her table um dog portraits and and uh black and white or color or or uh she can digitally do it and 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 mail you the finished results and i um she went through my phone and found a couple of uh photos of the nook and she did one that was that when i showed it to renee when i came home sunday there was there was an audible gasp and and tears started flowing so I, i did pretty well with that um not not many people can get nooks eyes and and the snout right and and real nailed it so i'll be Commissioning her again to do another piece, but there was there was that, and there was a um, there was one art page that I bought, and it was uh, Joe Joe Rubinstein was there at a table. Actually, he he was next to um, J M. Mateus. You also had folks like um, Keith Giffen, and I, th- th- there were there were some pretty big names.
1: Giffen there. was there.
0: Giffen was oh, there. Yeah. Oh Bro. man, dude, the artist of this was crazy. Jim Starlin was there. <gasps>
1: <gasps> no kidding.
0: Tim Truman. A few minutes and and got a quick Damn. little got a quick little Thanos doodle in in my yep. sketch. Um, Brian Boland was there. Mm-hmm. Mark Buckingham was there. Blake Mignola. Shit. Uh, we Jason and I got to shoot the shit with Manola for a few minutes. Yep. Uh, nice. There was there was nobody at his table. Was he sketching? No. No, that's actually what I said. <laughs> That ship we, had
4: sailed years ago. Yeah, we said, I said, I know it's, Ron was, Ron was giving me shit because he's like, dude, why don't you just go, up? he's like, he's like, you're so outgoing, why don't you go up and get some of these, like, legends to draw on your jam pieces, and I was like, well, you know, I mean, it depends, like, certain guys, because I was explaining to him how, you know, as you know, Chris, like, certain guys like Simonson don't do that, you know, He it's not their thing. And then he was like, yeah, but you don't, if you don't know if it's their thing, you should, and he was, he was like, dude, how you, he's like, you should get Maniola to draw Rocket Raccoon. And I'm like, that would be amazing, (laughs) but he doesn't sketch. So of course we went out there and, you know, David asked and the guy's like, yeah, I haven't, (laughs) he's like, it's
0: been a long time. Yeah. The, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going through, you would have loved this, Vincent. I was going through, uh, Joe's (laughs) stack of no, I mean, just loose, not in portfolios or anything, a massive stack. Of work he's done over the years including uh some uh some some green lantern work some archie uh specifically archie loves veronica work so it, it, it's joe over uh bry fogel um wow he had pages from uh he had some legends of the dark knight where he uh, inked trevor von eden um but it was just it was it was a mishmash of stuff and there was one page that I found that it, it's a gorgeous looking page and it actually it tells a story all there on the page within to through within the five panels. Uh in blue on the top it says inventory, but over that in marker is the number eighty one and it's page twenty, although in blue line underneath that it says page fourteen because it was a fill in issue. From 1989. It is, uh, it's New Mutants 81. And it was a fill in story that Claremont wrote because it, by this time Louis Simonson was, was the main writer of the series. Um, and the, the page is basically Hercules doing his thing. it lets a car run into him. Uh, he's, he, he's talking the way he always talks and, and, and all braggy. Uh, Magma. There's a magma butt shot in the panel, also, but it's it's penciled by um, Lewis Williams, who even Rubenstein has no idea where this person went. He did a couple of issues. He, he did some. Um, he did a few issues here and there in in the late '80s, but like hasn't been heard from since. Uh, but I, I see the price on the back of the page. I hand it to Joe. He flips it over to see how much he's about to charge me, and basically he's like. Oh damn it! I haven't looked at these prices in like over ten years. Oh well. So that—that's basically what he says. That's, That's—that's what it says on the back of it. So I guess I can only charge you forty bucks. Wow. And that was, and he signed it to me, and and then Sunday while we were going through those those dollar bins, I found the issue.
1: Um, you always do that. That's and, not the I first know. time.
0: And he and and so he signed the cover. We had fun and, looking for that issue. I haven't done. But that I haven't, was. Yeah. it yeah. Was fun. He um the first dude we went to who was selling um books loose uh there was no order it was you go from silver sable to captain carrot to new teen tights it was just and it was just a mess and i wasn't going through tens of thousands of the, so we anytime, i would have done it for you no yeah, i knew you would have there, there were a lot here bro and, and and this was sunday so we were we had a plan jason already had some jam pieces out that we were trying to pick up so that we could hit the road but um Every time we saw somebody who was selling you know a dollar or two dollar back issues I'd get to it and it'd be like new mutant seventy eight seventy nine eighty two eighty three so I'd always miss eighty one until the i think he not only what obviously he was the last dude we went to but he he may have been the last dealer we could have gone to to look for it and and that was the dude who had the st- stick uh hundred and twenty books in a long box there two hundred Two hundred long, two hundred books for one hundred twenty bucks. But um, I brought the issue over to Joe, and he's flipping through, and he goes, "Yeah, you know, I remember working on this, and he was, he was a really good penciler, and and it's and, and he signed the page that the uh, the art was from also. But yeah, it's it's an inventory story where uh, Sam and and basically the team is at the movies and and watching a Hercules movie, and then that's where the the, the main story that um that Williams drew takes off from there but that was that was basically it i really didn't um
1: you said issue 82
0: no 81. 81 81 okay um so i don't and and tom king's funny because he's like oh, i remember that issue yeah and, and, and he he basically described the cover um saturday night while we were having dinner before i found it um so. a lot of,
1: a lot of it, orange on the cover right
0: yeah because it's 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 uh it's, it's a burning building Hercules mm-hmm. is, is running in through uh through through a lot of fire, magma's on the ground, and and
1: uh, this and, dude and and, and you got him. a magma butt shot.
0: Then you got a magma butt shot. It's it's a really nice page. I'm She's hot. Point. It oh, is a very nice page. Thank you, bro. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: so yeah, so I mean, I I didn't and yeah, and I got my Starlin um sketch uh, of Thanos in the sketchbook. But other Starlin's than that,
4: cool dude. He looks like he looks like uh he looks like uh, uh Walter White. Yep, Walter White. From Breaking Bad.
1: Oh jeez! I'll tell you, he's yep. doing good things on Stormwatch I kind of like. Yeah, I like the books. Yeah.
4: yeah, we actually dropped. It. We were like, we were talking about Red Star. And said, you know, we just refuted it on our show and stuff. And it was. Uh, he was actually making fun of the fact that the, the omnibus doesn't start, start at the beginning too. He's like, huh, it doesn't start at the beginning. Hmm. He's that's, like that's weird. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's so like you wonder, dynamite, like, right? I guess he didn't have much say as, as to putting it together.
1: As long as they're cutting them checks every so often, that's all we yeah, care about.
0: You're right. Yeah. Uh, we, um, yeah, I mean, it was just like, yeah, we, we Ron came in on
4: well, set. How could we, we, do we, we didn't, we got to mention, and we forgot about, don't forget about Julian, who was also part of our crew as well. Yes. Yeah, he, I was the, gonna yeah say. he's
0: not, he, well, probably because I'm trying to black out that drive through DC yeah. Saturday. So that, that, that that's my you, bad. What do you mean by that? Black <laughs> out. Well, uh, we we uh
4: we had to pick up Julian. Dude,
1: I couldn't yeah. even get away with that one.
4: Chris agreed to pick up. Uh, Chris Campbell agreed to pick up Julian at his house in DC on the way, and uh, which normally wouldn't have been an issue. Apparently, they did it last year without a hitch, but there was something going on in DC.
0: Some kind of last year.
4: Yeah, some kind of lockdown. So literally, we were supposed to be driving through the mall, uh, in DC, and it was it was like eight eight or nine city blocks in a square radius were all locked down. So we had to go all sorts out of the way and basically go around the city and come in the other side to go to Julian's uh Brownstone. So it just it took probably like an extra 30 40 minutes than we had been planning, but it was fine though cuz Chris had had given us enough padding from his house that uh, we still got there plenty early. So yes. it ended up working out fine, but it was we were definitely driving all over Jabib in the nation's capital trying <laughs> to get to, uh, to to Julian, but uh were Man, all well, that is off though. I got to tell you, we had some fun. We we went to uh, Fogo de Chao, the uh, the Brazilian steakhouse, on Saturday mm-hmm. night, and uh, ate ridiculous amounts of food. And Julian and Daryl, between them, ate thirteen plates of meat. Wow! Jesus. It was unbelievable, and like I don't know if you've ever been at one of these places, but basically you have a little badge, and it's green and red. And when you flip it to green, it means you want meat, and so they just come over with a skewer <laughs> all different kinds of meat.
1: My wife and has you- a badge like that. Yeah, of course <laughs> she
4: does. <laughs> she does. Only it's always green. It yeah. is. Like, yeah, she paints her face I, I, green too. I always I feel, feel sorry for, for
2: the it. guys that that have like you know the chicken and the pork. I'm just like, you're so funny. Go
0: away. <laughs> actually but, the, the the chicken wrapped in bacon wasn't bad I
4: was going to say I, I'm not much of a steak eater myself so this was an experience to be bring, sure bring, bring, bring me the beef yeah. Yeah. It was pretty go, go, away, silly, go away silly chicken man bring, yeah, It was impressive <laughs> tell the you. cow guy to come over now unlike David I, um, I did spend a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, well worth it though I spent a tremendous amount of money in fact probably more than I've spent at a con in a long time um I really, I came correct with the jam pieces. I, uh, I was like a, a, a pig and poop. It was, it was pretty awesome. Um, I, um, I got, uh, on my X Men jam, I got, uh, Emma Frost and Storm. And the Emma Frost is interesting because, um, again, Ron was giving me grief and he's like, so I, I, I thought, all right, well, how can I get Terry Moore to draw my jam piece? Nice. So I, um, David Dave and I walked over to, to Terry's table and uh there was actually no one there at the moment, which was rare because he actually had tons of people most of the time. And uh and and David was like the ultimate wingman this weekend because uh he he broke right into the story about how Renee has never read the uh last chapter of Strangers in Paradise. Mm-hmm. And Terry just loved that story and he was even like, Oh, tell her I want you to read it, you know, for yeah. me personally. And then David was like, Well, maybe I'll call her right now and you can tell her yourself. So he kind of broke the ice and then I'm looking through Terry's, you know, original art while we're chatting and Terry's like, Oh, you know, it's he's like, You're the first person to look through the entire portfolio this whole weekend. And I was like, Really? And he's like, Yeah. So I'm flipping through and then I find this beautiful Rachel Rising page. I mean oh the level of detail in the ink is just ridiculous because it was a snowfall page. Mm-hmm. So there's just so much detail on the page and uh, so I bought it. Oh. So I buy the page and yeah, then tell me um, how my Twitter. Yeah, I mean it wasn't it wasn't cheap. It wasn't cheap, um, his but office. you know I figured there's my opportunity. So he was all like, you know, like oh that's great, I'm, you know. And so I'm I'm uh, getting the page, and I'm you know and I'm paying paying. Yeah, i just paid his hotel for two days. Yeah. yeah so I'm like, so <laughs> listen, I'm like, uh, by the way, I have this chance piece. <laughs> would you? And 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 I kind of felt like it was I was right, right on the cusp of trapping him. Like I like like literally had I I think pretty David I think if I hadn't bought a page he would have politely said no. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he was, like, literally thinking to himself, like, this is the first page I've sold this weekend. It's, it's like you said, it pays for my hotel. This guy and I have just had a nice chat. He just bought this page for me. How can I say no? So he was like, yeah, yeah, I could do that. And then he's like, you, you mean like now? <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, kind of now. And he's like, all right, well, you know, you can leave it with me. He's like, you know, my only caveat is that, you know, as you know, sometimes I get pretty swamped. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, no problem. You know, I'm going to be here all weekend. I'll just, I'll stop back periodically. And to his credit, I stopped back like, what, like an hour or two later, and he had it done. Yep. Um, wow. Now, and to and be who fair, was it? Who was it? Emma Frost. Nice. Now, to be fair, I posted a picture of it on the site. It's beautiful, but it is the first jam piece square I've ever had done that's in pencils. So, uh-huh. my plan is to bring it back to him at New York Comic Con and have him make it.
1: Hmm. We'll see how that's we'll pretty go. cool. That's how, yeah. That's my plan. <laughs> we'll see yeah, if it you might,
2: yeah, you might have to throw in some ducats to do that. Yeah, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. But the page or I another boss, page.
4: And, and the cool thing I'll is... Buy is buy another page. <laughs> another page. We were comparing the Rachel Rising pages to the Strangers in Paradise pages. Yeah. And it was like walking us through how when he did SIP, he used tons of brush like mm-hmm. most of it and then now this is pretty much all pen like yeah. all you know it's just very and it's
0: much tighter he's he, he, he does uh, he's packing more into the panels and there's more panels on a page and i was flipping through some sip pages and they're like you know four panels and they're big panels i mean granted um for instance, not small but there are there are a lot of um there's it's just bigger overall it, it looks bigger and and uh and yeah, the Rachel Rising work is, is a lot more detailed, like Jason said. And, and, uh, it looks, it looks like it's more time consuming also, but he, um, he's not planning on doing, um, he's planning on, you know, Rachel Rising is going to run its course and, and it, it is no real end to it anytime soon, especially since it's been optioned. Um, and, uh, and he, he's also just going to only work on this without trying to, um, introduce New work while Rachel Rising is is going on, but it was it was a great chat talking with him. And yet, if I had reception, um, he would have uh, <laughs> pleaded with Renee to, to, to finish. Yeah, yeah. And then the, uh, the 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 storm, Vince's favorite character,
4: was crushed by Daniel Góvar. I mean, the dude absolutely smashed it. He's awesome. I, he's, I a, he's a fun dude, great great talent. So that was that was a blast. So I got those two squares. Vince, you'll love this. So. We got the, you know I have the GI Joe jam. Mm-hmm. So Dave and I are walking around, and, and you know one of my must do's for the weekend was to um, speak Did you just to. Just call him Dave.
1: No, no, Oh, no. no. no.
4: no. okay. definitely no one of my one of my must my must to do's during the the weekend was to uh, go up and speak to uh, Herb Trimpy, who I've never met.
1: Oh, <laughs> cool. Why are you laughing? I love Herb. Oh, okay. I get giddy yeah. when you say that name.
4: Yeah. So, so David and I rolled up to Herb and he and his wife. I assume that was his wife, right, David? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's his wife. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, we were just chatting him up and stuff. And, um, and I, uh, I, I busted out the, uh, the, the G.I. Joe jam piece because, of course, it's Herb primpy. And David was like, dude, you should get him to draw G.I. Joe. I'm like, that makes, that's brilliant. So he had never, like, seen a jam piece before. So he was like, oh, this is cool. And meanwhile, as we were going up to talk to him, there was this like Chode who was, like, <laughs> had like thousands of like Herb Trimpy comics and sketch covers. And he was like already securing. And he was, to his credit, he was giving him a tons amount of money to have Herb like sketch and all this stuff and everything. It was like taking up a lot of time. So I thought, oh boy, it's going to be a while. But Herb, we were chatting him up and just making small talk. You know, I told him my story about how the first ever like high end comic I ever bought was, you know, Hulk 181 and uh and stuff and so then i busted out the jam piece and he was mesmerized by it and he's like oh i'm like you know how would you like to draw scarlet and uh he's like yeah 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 so um so he was like i'm gonna do this right now and his wife's like no 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 you you know you have to do this other guy's stuff first and he's like no he's like i'm gonna do this real quick so he banged out the <laughs> scarlet awesome. while we chatted <laughs> yes, and he like yeah. totally, he totally butt, butted me in front of everybody else on his line just to do it, oh, it great you, you trump the show i heard it should be scarlet um Trump. Another Trump. highlight of the weekend Trump. was the, tro- With- Trump the Chode. <laughs> <What's that?
1: laughs> I said Trump you, you. When I I just said you Trump the Chode.
4: Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, we got to meet Mr. Nick Brokenshire. <gasps> wow. Long time and uh, and of course. Uh, um, Insanely uh, talented uh, motherfucker. Yeah, it, that's true. Exactly. So, aside from chatting him up and just, uh, and his whole crew too was there. The, um, all the Amelia Cole creative group was there, oh, and nice. they're all just a bunch of fun, super fun guys. But, but Nick did a Baroness on my G.I. Joe Jam. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, of course, no G.I. Joe Jam would be complete without Robert doing a, a, a square. So Robert did a Snake Eyes on it. That's oh, awesome. Of course. Nice. Yep. So I got those. That was great. You have um, to be
1: close to the end of that G.I. Joe thing, right? No,
4: the, the G.I. Joe Jam's about halfway done now. It, um, it. Uh, I have uh, Duke, Beachhead, Shipwreck, Firefly, and Cobra Commander still to
1: get done. Who do you got lined up to do the Destro?
4: The Destro's already done. Who did that? Pat did that. Like
1: oh, that's right. That's yeah. right.
4: Okay, yeah. Um, I finished my Avengers Jam.
1: Woot, woot.
4: Uh, <laughs> I had two two squares left, Black Panther and Falcon. So I got Tom Rainey to do Black Panther, and he killed it. Oh, boy. Yeah, amazing. It's really great, um, like some awesome cross hatching and stuff. It's great, and then I had one square left, which was uh, which was Falcon, and you know Dave and I were just wandering around Avenger uh, or Avenger, wandering around artist Alley, and uh, someone I didn't even see on the list is was sitting there, but Eddie Eddie Barros. So, oh neat! Um, yes. Yeah, got, Now Eddie doesn't speak much English, um, but he was super nice guy nevertheless, and and uh, and he did a killer Falcon, so he finished up my Avengers jam, which is. Now ready for framing. Look at you. Um and then my Excalibur Jam. I got uh Rachel Summers by uh Vince's favorite Jim Calafiore. Uh talented man. Yeah, it was he killed it. Um Sarah Richard, who is um she's you know, I don't even know if God, you know, and I think well, I don't know if she's done many comics. But she's always you know, but but she's got this really um unique, quirky yeah, like fluid. Yeah. Um, almost Asian style. And, uh, she's in a lot of cons. She's good friends with Christy Zulo. She always sits ne- near her. Um, but I had seen, seen her stuff a couple times. So I got her to do Cerise, um, which worked out beautifully on my Excalibur jam, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, cause I figured it would be perfect for her style and it worked out really well. And then, um, and then the last Excalibur piece I got was Mr. Bob McLeod. And- <laughs> And the awesome part of that was I went up to Bob and showed him the jam and said, you could do anyone you want. Who do you want to do? And he just, and this is like a drop the mic moment. He looks at me and he goes, well, how about I do Wolfbane since I created her? Wow. I was like, oh, drop the mic and walk away. I'm like, I guess you don't need reference. <laughs> nice. So he did a Wolfbane, which is awesome to have the creator of the character do it. Um, and then last but not least, I, you know, I started a Guardians of the Galaxy jam this weekend. And I had um, Charles Paul Wilson. Um, who does stuff of legend, uh, which you guys know I'm a big fan of. Start off with a Groot, and then um, Billy Fowler uh, did a Killer Drax, and then last but certainly not least, um, a, a new artist, a, a girl that we we literally just stumbled upon because she was sitting next to uh, Jorge Corona, who I had ordered a commission from in advance of the show. And uh as we were waiting for or just chatting with him, we looked at her table and we were all like you know, David Ron, and I were like, Damn, who's this? And she's she's I don't think she's done any published work yet, but she's she's uh, you know, put out some crater and stuff, but her name is Ariella Chris and uh she's tiny little I mean some you think would say like Filipino David or like yeah. Taiwanese or tiny little Asian girl, but like mm. I mean like super tiny yeah, but she's dude, crazy, yes, yes. crazy chops, dude. Like like like, I think of all the people we, we looked at, Ron was most impressed with her. He even took her digits and stuff, and he was like, well, I've got to keep, keep track of this girl. You know, like, right. she's, she's But uh, she did a uh, moon dragon for me. So, yeah, so I got, like, 15 champion squares done this weekend. Oh, wow! Yeah. I bought the uh, Rachel Rising page. I also, Vince, bought a page from Mr. Mark Buckingham from a little book called Fables. Oh,
1: killing um, me. Which, uh, <laughs> you're killing Dude, me.
4: Let me tell you something, Vince. The Fables pages were ridiculously cheap. Like insultingly so.
1: Like, what are you talking?
4: Like, you could get you could get nice pages for a hundred bucks.
1: Oh my god!
4: Yeah, like the most expensive pages were like three hundred bucks. So,
1: um, now what page so, did you get?
4: Um, I, I posted it in our on our forum. Um, it's
0: where's it's, that? Uh, it's it's a what's that? Where's that? Oh, ah, <laughs> <heard>. ah, David, <laughs> Podcast dot com slash forum. There you nice. go uh it's a page where um um
4: where uh, big b is seeing off snow before he goes on the 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 journey to uh to look for a new place for fable town um i I picked it because basically it's a it's a six panel grid or a five panel grid but but of uh with with big b and snow and i you know i they're they're my favorite characters so um, It's just a it's a clean piece. It's real clean. There's not a ton of action. It's it's really more of a character piece. It's like them embracing. I mean, there's a there's there's like an otter t- cab driver and a Cinderella in a in a in a, a like a, a Corvette Stingray. But but for the most part, it's basically Big B and Snow saying goodbye to each other.
1: I think that um, was that before he started doing the margin art.
4: Well, I think the margin art must be added on a post.
1: Yeah, it's so. probably statted in, but there yeah, there has to be added. at least one page that has it. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah. I didn't see any in the in the portfolios he brought with him, but um, and then last but not least, Jorge Corona, who's the gentleman I mentioned, having pre-ordered, um, Chris Campbell had discovered him in in look, doing some diligence, and this is a kid that just graduated from SCAD, and uh, he did an unreal beast for me, like a like a, a blue furred beast. It's it's fantastic, and uh Jorge's going to be at New York, I think, too, and and he, uh, this is another kid. I'm telling you, people he. You may not know his name now, but like two, three years from now, you're going you're gonna to say to yourself, why did I get something from him back before he blew up? Yeah. So, yeah, lots of art, dude. I bought a tremendous amount of art. I spent a ridiculous amount of money, but it was all worth it. <laughs> so.
1: so you did not leave with FF? No. no. Yeah,
4: after I bought the uh, Rachel Rising page, that went out the door. <laughs> okay. It was definitely an either-or proposition, considering the, the, the relative cost of those book, uh, those two things.
1: So similarly priced?
4: No, FF52 in the great I want would have been substantially more but still okay.
1: you know cuz I have no idea what more car uh, charges for his pages.
4: Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you offline. Right, I Cuz cool. I, I assume he I get the sense he charges maybe differently for different shows I I would imagine just cuz most of these guys do, you know. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, I mean it wasn't Baltimore's like going to be different than New York is going to be. Yeah, a- it, I mean America. it didn't have a price on it like I I asked him the prices I was looking through the books so I don't I don't know if it's static or not so I don't want to pull
2: him You know what? I like the I like the, I'm looking at the the Terry Moore Emma Frost right now.
4: Leave it in pencil, dude. That's nice. Well, that's what Ron said. Ron's like, dude, it, that pencil is nicer than Yeah. Than that. But, it oh, but the thing is is it just looks in contrast to everything else though. It's just I mean, some people suggested that I get someone else to ink it, and I would never do that. Like, I'm not going to have someone else ink no, it. No. But if I, I like could those... get him to ink it, I've know? got some.
2: I've got some nice. You know, I I was I I felt the same way because I've got like the 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 quietly that I got the the flash, yeah. and Ramona Fraiden did her her Green Lantern, and then uh what I got uh what Derek Robertson and Kevin Maguire did their their uh, J O I, um characters, and the, they're all in pencil and. You know what? It's I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with. That. I I prefer the the inked ones, but right. I, I kind of like the pencil, and that's that's really pretty, man. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if I would fuck with it.
4: Well, like I said, I'm not going to touch it unless he I get him to ink it at some point. Yeah, you know. But uh, oh, that storm is hot.
0: Yeah, isn't it great? That's yeah.
2: really they, nice.
0: Hey, yeah. thank God I had the phone. What's that? Thank God I had my phone so I could pull up the issue. The X-Men, because he was looking for the earrings. <laughs> yeah,
4: no doubt. No doubt. But, uh... Wait, what the hell? Hold on a second, sorry. Yeah, very um, nice. Thanks, man, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's I... It's definitely... Uh, yeah, no, we'll... It's, it's a... Um, it's a show that I I definitely would like to go back to. It's not one of those, yeah, you know, I've been there, okay, I can cratch, scratch it off the list. I, I'd like to go back. Yeah, and the
4: thing is, you heard from all the artists, because we, you know, we chatted up a lot of artists, is that... um the, the Baltimore guys have patterned this show, um, unapologetically after Shelton's Heroes Con. Mm-hmm. Like for every – you know, pretty much like everything about it is, is like a mini Heroes. Like they've really, and it's actually moving to three days starting next year. Um, the yes. show's been around for almost 15 years, but they, they finally got the, um, you know, the, the, I think the support and the groundswell to move to three days. So it'll be a Friday through Sunday show, but, but it's, it's close. Um, you know, it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's not overcrowded. I mean, I, you know, I gotta be honest with you. Like, I, I you know, the thought of like dealing with New York Comic Con on a Saturday is kind of dreadful to me, you know, at this yeah. point. Um, yeah. I mean, we're gonna do it because, you know, that again, it's, it's a chance to get together and, 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 you know, it's a local show, but, but it's this, there's it not like that. You know, it's just there, there was not a moment where you felt cramped or crowded or, or, or uncomfortable or, um, so yeah, it definitely is a great show. I mean, um, I, like I said I, it seems like one that the artists love to come back to repeatedly as well. Now, did you guys hear anything about the Salt Lake City Con? It's in Utah. Oh, um, yeah, I know
2: I know one of, I know one of the people uh who's a big uh um um organizer for it. Oh, you do? Yeah, Robert's sister. Robert's sister. Robert Robert Atkins. Yeah, Robert Atkins' sister is so living Robert out there at, at Salt Lake City Con then. Oh, I'm almost positive it's Salt Lake City.
4: Oh, well, it might I'm, be, but... Because but I think, I think she's living weekend. out there. Oh, Salt was it? Okay. It was the same weekend as as Baltimore and, and CincyCon. And, yeah, and I'm hearing great stuff from, from Cincy as well. Yeah, but the big news about the Salt Lake City is they had 75,000 people there on Saturday. Wow. What? It's the third largest... In the first ever, it's, it became the third largest that con in the U.S. No, that can't be possible. I swear possible. to you. I swear. That was all the talk. So the big deal was, the reason we were hearing about it, is that Stan Lee was supposed to be at Baltimore. He canceled. Uh-huh. Dude, he didn't cancel because he was ill or something. He canceled because he got a better offer to go to Salt Lake. Oh, he was damn. at Salt Lake as a guest of honor. Like at the last minute, he canceled Baltimore to go to Salt Lake. That's but not no, right. True. That's <laughs> jank. That is the, not the fire right. The marshals had to close down the, uh, the, the, what is it? The Salt Dome or whatever it is the Salt, uh, the Salt Palace. They had to no. close it down because they had 75,000 people. That's it was unbelievable. In fact, the organizers are already talking about it being well over a hundred thousand people next year. So it's immediately become like this mega con, like which is unreal to me because who knew? But
1: was but, there uh, Walking Dead people there? Like, what was the?
4: Apparently, there were all kinds of um, uh, entertainment guests. Like they had um, they had uh, Shat in the Bat. They had a, a panel with William Shatner and Adam West. And uh, and the like and like I said Stanley but yeah I, look dude I don't, I knew nothing about it until after the fact but like everyone was like dude you hearing so this is gonna be one of those shows again money talk so they got that kind of crowd in the first year I mean um you know you're gonna see a lot insane of that's times cr- that yeah that's, it's insane it's insane that's it really that's,
2: that's bigger than C two E two dude it's big,
4: New York Comic Con's first year had forty thousand people in his first year that sounds we that's that sounds not right. Dude, I mean, you can Google it because I heard it from a couple of people and it's was like, I don't know. But, I mean, there's tons of articles about it now. It's, it was insane. They, like I said, the fire marshals had to shut it down. You know, had to, they stopped letting people in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, who knew there was such a pen of demand? But, but overall, I think that's great because, dude, I mean, there are so many cons flourishing right now. Like the, 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 it's great. I mean, like you said, CincyCon was, you know, by design more intimate, but, it, but by all accounts I've heard, it was, it was a big success. I mean, mm-hmm. like every show's got record attendance. It's great, man. It's just great to see, you know, artists are making that money. It's good times. <laughs> yeah, honey.
1: It sure is. So, all right. Well, there
4: you go. I mean, we, special thanks again to Chris, uh, for putting us up. You know, that's, uh, that's not an easy thing to put up, you know, that, that many people and interrupt your life. And his, his, his kids are a riot. At one point, his, Oldest son is is walking around the the, the patio slapping a bunch of forty year old dudes on the ass. <laughs> <Like> just, <laughs> where where is Spider Man undies? Yeah, and a Spider Man undies crawling all over things. It was it was
0: hilarious. That's so. cute. Mocking That's- people. Mm-hmm. It was. No, is I mean, it like I said from, from start to finish. And then uh, Sunday we grabbed another bite with Ron and then um, uh, basically hit the road. We um, it just I mean it. it it's not a short drive but it's it's uh it's manageable and it was i i really you know i as far as you know taking off to to run down there it was it was great and again you know i was it was nice to come home with some things but still it was it was because of the uh of the people who i was hanging out with made it uh made it that much more Fun, more memorable. So I, I definitely recommend the Baltimore Comic Con, and I, especially if you can hang out with a bunch of knuckleheads like I did.
1: Yeah, I yeah. would go just to hang around with Ron. I'll <laughs> blame you. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was hey, fun. Well, and, and you guys, but we took we, long liquid yeah.
0: lunches both the both days.
1: Yeah, we did. <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, it was. Um, no, yeah, I, I definitely. We 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 need to plan on on hitting that in two thousand fourteen.
1: Three nice. hours from where I am.
4: Oh, uh, right, yeah. Yeah. You got to come next year. It, it was so much fun. I mean, seriously, seriously. I It's it, it was it it was just great. It, it would only have been better if you guys were there.
1: We'll make it a plan. Yeah. There you go.
4: All right, you two talk about some comics now. We've 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 taken an hour of the show.
1: Chris, what'd you read?
4: Um, been reading a lot of stuff.
2: Probably what I've been wanting to talk about the most uh, over the last uh, the last couple weeks. I finally finished the um, the last trade of Sweet Tooth, and ah. actually let me uh, let me cruise over here and grab it. Dun, dun, dun.
1: Am I going to need um, a tissue? Uh,
2: yeah there was there was weeping involved. <laughs> it's it's that kind of it's that kind of book. It's the uh, you know the epic end to an epic story and and if you didn't get emotional in it then then something was was definitely wrong you know i um it, not hiding anything not uh um you know not not making uh light of the fact that you know jeff has been on the show uh a good couple times and um he's he's a creator that uh that we've kind of followed since since earlier on in his career and so, very fond of him personally but but um with the, but uh, that's mostly because of the work that he does is so touching and so gripping and and I emailed him he, an hour or so after I was done reading it and uh and thanked him for for a great story and uh you know admitted to him that it was it, it it's kind of the only comic for a really long time that i've that I've read where I had to sit. Down and stop reading and kind of collect myself a couple moments. I mean, it was, um, some really, really hard emotional moments in this. And if you're able to get to burrow into your reader and, and grip them that hard and, and make something that emotionally affecting, then you have. You've succeeded. You've you've done what you're supposed to do as as a storyteller, and you you get to care about these characters and really want to know what happens to them, and you you fear for them, and when bad things and the the ultimate bad things happen to them, and you get affected by that emotionally. And, and Sweet Tooth is, I mean, it's one of those kind of under the radar series that. You know, that I, it it did that for me. And, um, you know, it, it, it's really kind of funny because it, it, it it stirred up in me. It's like, this is what I don't get from reading a lot of mainstream comics is because I know if something really horrible happens to, to Peter Parker in six months, it, it, he's going to be peter parker again and everything's going to be okay that uh, that all of those 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 kinds of stories and those kinds of characters all have their built-in reset buttons and there's nothing wrong with that but it doesn't carry the same amount of emotional weight that that this did for me and um it the i I'll tell you that there was a regular story that that wrapped up here, and then there was an epilogue issue that um that looked back you know uh it was you know years it was a years from now story that I had to read twice because it was just that good mm-hmm. and and it it was yeah it just was the perfect ending. To a story that uh, it it was just it was it was perfect. It was, uh, and you'll understand this whenever whenever you read it. It was a story.
1: How many issues did that run? Thirty-eight.
2: Oh, let me see here. Um, It ran because I started reading it. I. I got like the first 12 or so, and then I started reading it in trade. And this reprints Sweet Tooth, uh, 33 through 40. So it ran for 40 issues. And it was, it was a perfect, it was a perfect amount of time. You know, it's, uh, if you remember, uh, the exterminators, I think, uh, um, you and I would both agree that exterminators was probably about 20 issues too short. Yeah. there was there was a much bigger story there that they were wanting to tell and it just it just didn't work out where this I, I think another twenty issues would have been too much. This was I mean he was able to tell his story. That it felt like from the beginning this was you know, everything fell into place. All of the beats were right and nothing was extended too much or or cut off. It feels very much like this should have been 40 issues agreed yeah did you finish it jason yeah yeah I f- yeah I finished it a long time ago the the last
4: issue was amazing y- you'll get no disagreeing from me i don't know if you're going if you want to spoil it or not but uh it was no it's i mean
2: it's just a it's a, a years years forward after the after the the events of the the pen ultimate issue and it just it wasn't uh, didn't gloss things over didn't uh didn't paint the, the happiest of pictures it was just it, fulfilling and um yeah it's yeah it was it was gripping i i loved it i i i'm really really happy that i read this as it came out and it's one that i'll go back and and read again from, from beginning to end, and I'm sure I will I will have a different, uh, uh, see different things and feel different things the, the second time around.
1: Did you uh, try Trillium?
4: Not yet. It's sitting on my...
1: I have the screen. two issues. I haven't read them yet. It looks really good. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the one thing about Lemire. Like, he shoots from the hip. Um, he knows, like Chris said, I don't... See why I have to reiterate it, but I will. Uh, he knows how to pull on the uh, the heartstrings without sappiness or um, you know obvious manipulation. You know what I mean? You almost don't you don't see the the, the hands pulling the puppet strings. In other words, he's he's very good at at uh, pushing uh, your emotions around. I like that. The like the that scene
2: the scenes with Jeopardy and Buddy kill me just absolutely yeah <laughs> wreck me and uh, and he did it again you know in the in kind of the third act and mm-hmm. and it was just so moving and you see the relationship that jeopard has with gus and and how how things ultimately end up between Gus and Buddy and why that happens and you know it was, it was just really really powerful stuff and yeah it's uh yeah.
1: so good i'm i'm two trades behind mm-hmm. um but i mean the thing started off very cold and it just got more frigid as it went on i mean n- not to say it's soulless because it's not but it's there's just there's a there's a chill to that book and it just gets right. more gloomy and, and and downbeat as it goes on. But it's not um it's not uninteresting. No, you know, you I mean, know,
2: what I, I mean? Jason talks he is several times uh what a, a Cormac McCarthy fan he is and, mm-hmm. and the, uh you know, the road. Yeah. That that there's a lot of the road in here, I think.
4: Yeah, definitely. Which is probably why I was so drawn to it. Um that you know, and although it's and, and it, again, is not only is it post-apocalyptic, which is generally a theme that I'm a huge fan of, but but again, to your your point, Chris, it's got that that father-son dynamic, you know, uh, to it, which um, you know, whether it, again, I don't want to give anything away, but you know, but it's got that dynamic at least to it. Yeah. Oh, it, it this is, this, I
2: mean, you you know that by end of the twelfth issue that yeah, this yeah. is wherever you, wherever it's going to end up. This is the story of Gus and Jeopard, and you. I don't, you know, it, it's sweet tooth. It, it's Gus's story, but man, up until maybe right at the end, you don't know if it's Gus's story or Jeopard's story. It's kind of, you know, it's very, very kind of Star Wars in that it's, at the end, you're like, Oh, it was really about Anakin and not Luke. (laughs) You know, it's, you know, it's, it's the story of redemption. It, this, this complete story is very much about Jeopard's redemption. And yeah, it was yeah, it was just it's a really good series.
4: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Lemire does it again. I can't wait to read Trillium. I yeah. uh, Just I was pimping him today on Twitter, saying to people, uh, you know, I know a lot of us were answering a lot of requests about what people should order from the top shelf sale that's going on, and uh, and you know, I said for my money, the the ten dollars you can spend on underwater welder or kung or uh, infinite kung fu or no-brainers if you haven't already read them. I mean, that's another, yeah. you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, it's a shame because, because I'm such a huge fan of Jeff's work. I admittedly have, have lost the narrative a bit with him and, you know, as he's become, frankly, one of DC's top writers is because the subject <laughs> matter just doesn't hold my interest as much. Yeah. And it's, it's, I'm, I'm frankly sure in a vacuum if I were provided, you know, presented the issues because he's written them, I would enjoy a lot of it. I just haven't, you know, it hasn't been enough of a of a of a pull, and, and you know, to be fair, I think if he wasn't doing so much of his own stuff still, you know, between Sweet Tooth and Now Trillium and and Underwater Welder and 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 the different things, I probably would be more inclined to read that stuff just because uh, you know I'd want to keep abreast of what he's up to. But you know, for now, I, I'm getting I'm getting my fix, my Lumiere fix elsewhere. So
3: mm-hmm.
1: I'm still buying them. I have the Animal Man trades, but like you, I just haven't gotten around to reading them
2: mm-hmm. yeah i want to read the the animal man and in, in swamp thing and how that all worked together it was, looked like it was building up something very interesting and uh, it's uh you know i was just like i'm gonna read it in trade and yeah just have not uh have not done that yet
1: one of these days
2: yeah yeah, so so that oh, I did order something today, real quick, um, just to let people know that it's finally off of pre-order and has been released. Um, all of the Love and Rockets fans out there, the Love and Rockets covers hardcover <laughs> is finally available. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah, it. You cannot I'll go wrong. By, I'll,
2: I'll have it by Friday, and nice. cannot wait. To put it right next to my Jaime my Jaime Hernandez um art of book. And when's the Gilbert art of book gonna come out?
1: Oh gee. I it's don't know. It's about time for that, isn't it? The next thing you'll see from Gilbert is the book about um well, it's the the uh fake movie book about Luba's mother. It's in this, oh, cool. it's in this previews now. He's still on that, that, um, hypothetical movie kick. All his mm-hmm. past couple of books have been these fake movies that care, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, I, I, it boggles my mind. I just, I enjoy them, but I, I don't get where he's going with those. Yeah. But I, have I don't feeling, have to know.
2: I have someone by the end of it, you'll be like, Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure.
1: Gilbert, Gilbert's yeah. always great. Yeah. Um, but you know, This is synchronicity because, like yourself, I read, uh, for this week a very emotional, very, um, heart-wrenching, uh, bunch of issues. Mm -hmm. They're from IDW and it's Godzilla. (laughs) <laughs> so I <laughs> want okay. I wanted, I wanted to bring the, I wanted to bring the Touchy Feely this week. I'm um, sure you did. I, I read a lot of stuff this weekend, but I don't mm-hmm. think I've had more fun than I did with these Godzilla issues. Nice. Yeah, you know, I I was looking back on on all the various companies that have published Godzilla books from, you know, Marvel right on up and the current IDW stuff are the Godzilla books I wished for at the end of the Marvel run Uh, dark horse did some good things with them and there was there were moments of brilliance you had the you know the art Adam stuff and Mm -hmm. beset um took a nice stab at the character but uh, and even the IDW Godzilla train wasn't traveling full bore initially like that the first I don't know, 12 or 16 issues, kind of rocky. I mean, they're decent, but it didn't build ahead of steam up until Legends. Legends was excellent. And, uh, it really started rolling full bore with the Swierzynski stuff. Oh man, the series is great. Uh, written by Dwayne Swierzynski, illustrated yeah. by David's boy. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. Um, illustrated by Sam.
2: Read his crime novels.
1: Yes, indeed. I may they're do inventors. that. You, should. you know, if he's as good on, on that stuff you as he should. is on, on oh, the I, big
0: I, I, law, The the Severance Package. The Wheelman. The Wheelman. That's the first one, but yeah.
1: Cool. Uh, illustrated by Simon Gain, who's awesome. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, is this guy good. Uh, color art by Rhonda Patterson. And remember this name because it's going to come up again in a little while. Uh, letters and creative consultant is Chris Mowry. Now, uh, I finished off the series. I read 11 to 13. What the, what they're doing, um, they're not reinventing the wheel with these Godzilla books. They're taking the spirit of Destroy All Monsters, which is an awesome movie. And, and stuff like, you know, the, the Royal Rumble, like, uh, with the wrestling stuff where they just take all the big players, throw them all in the ring and let them just you know, let the reader or fans of, of the, the characters just geek out at all these these massive characters just tearing the crap out of each other mm-hmm. with um, some kind of plot contrivance just to drive it. You know what I mean? But basically, it's a Royal Rumble, and it's just, it, if it isn't broke, don't fix it, right? Um, not, issue 11, which has a great cover by uh, the awesome Bob Eglinton... It's, uh, Godzilla and the smog monster, but, uh, his painting, he, he has this really subtle use of red among like, well, you, you, you're familiar with the, the smog monster, right? This, this murky, gloppy creature who's just basically toxic sludge, right? But boiling beneath the surface of the smog monster, he's got this, this, this raging cauldron of just like, burning goo and you can faintly see like just hints of red as if like the his his core is so hot that it's burning through the the outer layer it's a really great painting but uh composition is kind of listless but the the content is just amazing um but at this point in the Swarzinski run the shizzle has hit the fan big time mm. um the uh the, the giant the kaiju that we once thought of as our oppressors actually rise up to defend the planet. See there's a reason why they're here and it's to defend us from this rash of creatures that are even more devastating than themselves. You got Godzilla throwing down with Hedora, the smog monster. Angelus and Rodan are fighting Gigan, and he's a prick. If there's one Douche among the the kaiju. It's Gigan. He because he's a cyborg. He's a cold blooded killer. Um, Titanosaurus and Batra are tackling the unfortunately named Space Godzilla, or so, the uninspiringly named Space Godzilla. All now, the, hmm.
4: wait. I'm sorry. Is that like Mecha Godzilla, or is that totally different? No,
1: Space Godzilla is totally different. He's the one with the crystals on his shoulders. He's big, blue. He's basically oh. as I won't go into the whole origin, but he has DNA from Godzilla in him and space okay. space junk, and he's basically Godzilla on steroids from space. Okay. Right? Um, all this occurs while Boxer – remember Boxer? Uh, back in the first couple of issues, he uh, related the story where his daughter was killed – uh, in the Fallout from a Godzilla rampage. And then you had him guarding that young girl in the first couple issues and he screwed the pooch and she died. So he's got a lot of guilt working on him. Uh, Boxer and company are flying around. This is so cool in Mechagodzilla, but Kumonga, the spider, is riding on top of it like a, like a, a passenger. And they're going around making a beehive to New York City where they're terribly design, Monster X, is just ripping the joint apart. It, it, the design is just pitiful. I mean, uh, this is no fault from the creative team. This is Toho that designed it. It's just, the design just stinks. Um, but it gets better. Uh, so Monster X just defeated Mothra, thank goodness. He's ripping up New York, trashes Madison Square Garden, just destroying the place. But um, aside from Godzilla, who turns uh, the smog monster into little bubbling puddles of goo, all the monsters lose. All of them. They, they're, they're all knocked down by these creatures that are just ripping the planet apart. Last Kaiju standing are uh, Godzilla, Space Godzilla, and Monster X. And then it goes to issue 12, um, where the big change happens. Monster X transmogrifies into the massive and much better designed Kaiser Ghidra. See, it's that, that after... Kaiser so say Kaiser... Yeah. Kaiser Ghidra, the three headed monster. Uh, the association between Japan and Germany in, um, World War II really, uh, I mean, Germany got their hooks in Japan. They have a lot of German words in their vocabulary. Kaiser's one of them. They love Mm -hmm. the word Kaiser for some reason. And, um, so, uh, Kaiser Ghidra ripping up the place again. New York City's destroyed. In this battle, the Statue of Liberty, big bada boom, destroyed. George Washington Bridge scuppered. They're throwing Godzilla around like a rag doll. Gets to issue thirteen, end of the run for a lot of characters. Well, not a lot, but very important characters. Unnecessary sacrifices are made. Wall to wall carnage. You should see some of Gaines' double page spreads. They're unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you like this stuff, this is the book to get. It's just. A rampage of just shit blowing up, monsters throwing down, you have the uh, the human element just trying to save the day, uh, Kaiser gedra throwing Godzilla around with that gra- gravity breath that he has, but thanks to something that was introduced very early in the series, Godzilla and company come out on top, I won't say how, but there's a reason because the follow-up series is called Godzilla rulers of the earth now this is the current series um so if you're you haven't been reading these you got a little bit catching up to do you got 13 swirz swi, I always screw this Swierzynski. up Swierzynski issues and that they they keep the continuity because there's little bits that are carried over into this new rulers of the earth series which was written mm-hmm by Chris Mowry. Remember that name? Lettered mm-hmm. the previous mm-hmm. series and he was the creative consultant. Now he's at the helm, right? It's illustrated by Matt Frank. This guy's awesome. Who we saw in the previous series, he did a number of um, incentive covers. Really sharp. Has a nice, mm-hmm. nice handle on the characters. If, if, For my money, if you can convincingly illustrate emotion on the face of what essentially is a giant dinosaur... Like rage that's easy it's easy to draw Godzilla just pissed off and blowing shit up, but right. to to illustrate surprise, shock, a little bit you know of uh other emotions too like like confusion it's really tough to how do you make a dinosaur look confused? you know, but this guy does it he's very, very good. uh color again by Rhonda Patterson and Jeff Zornow pitches in on a couple of pages uh of art and variant covers. This is really neat. I did not see this coming. The series starts off, something very large and very fast is tracked moving in the Pacific Ocean. You got um, the the Navy looking at it. It's like, what the hell is this? Well, it's real big, and it has a tail, so it must be Godzilla, right? Uh, And the uh, CKR, which stands for the Counter Kaiju Reaction Forces, Mm -hmm. uh, they track it, too and uh they're stunned at just how fast it's moving but uh both of them both of those groups based on the the speed of the thing they're kind of reluctant to peg it as Godzilla and they, they take this wait and see approach well you know when it surfaces we'll get a beat on it and we'll, we'll see what it is uh... as this is going on honolulu is uh... host to the first annual international Zoology conference where all those interested in these big uh... rampaging creatures group and, uh, they, they meet to discuss what are we gonna do with these creatures? Like, it's, I think it's time, based on, uh, the speech of this Dr. Kenji Endo, he, he, he pleads to the, the assembled, uh, scientists and, and, uh, uh, cryptozoologists to let's better understand these things because they obviously aren't going away. We, we have to either find a way to live peacefully with them, or find a way to reduce, you know, the damage by understanding them better. Like if we know what they're going to do, we know how they're going to react to things, we can plan accordingly and get the people out of the freaking way, you know? And uh we're also introduced to Lucy Caspro, who seems to be uh shaping up to be one of the main characters. She's a, a little plucky little girl. She's uh, a naturalist consumed with gathering data on these daikaiju to the point where she throws herself into harm's way just to get a photo of the damn things which which uh, kind of work doesn't work in her favor when that thing that was moving in the pacific decides to surface and where does it pop up Honolulu right nice. it, it should pop up at the mega zoology conference right but this is and this is the really cool part and i didn't see this coming uh One of the the uh, CKR uh, agents is in the thick of things, and, and and he radios his commanding officer, but there's static on the line. He's like, "It's Zilla," and the guy's like, "What? It's it's Godzilla." And you hear Zilla. He goes, "Oh, the name of this thing is Zilla," and the thing that emerges from the ocean turns out to be not Godzilla, but. The American Godzilla from the nineteen ninety eight, yeah, oh, no, way. no, seriously, Matthew Broderick <laughs> movie. from the Matthew awesome. Broderick movie, and they call it Zilla because of the the communication snafu. But Sweet. it's cool because the Japanese call the American Godzilla Zilla, not so awesome. not to cause ah. confusion. And uh, I'll tell you, Godzilla pops up and just kicks the shit out of them, as you would expect. Mm-hmm. But again um Chris Mowry, amazing grasp of these characters because he draws this uh America Goji really convincing like it it's kind of tough because it it has a huge if you you've seen the movie it has a huge bottom jaw so it it kind of looks like um what's her name from uh Jungle Book the the tigress um, you know how the, was a Shere Khan? She had that huge bottom jaw. She kind mm. of, he kind of looks like something out of Jungle Book. And again, the emotion spans the gamut on this thing. It's not just like rage and pissed off. It's, it's pretty committed. Like when Godzilla stomping on his head, you feel it. You know what I mean? The thing is actually, yeah. uh, reacting to it. Um, but that's not it. Uh, as this is going on, one of the CKR, uh, agents finds a crab leg, giant crab leg next to one of the the holes that uh, the American Godzilla made while it was retreating because <laughs> it didn't really have a friggin' choice. Godzilla was just like pounding the crap out of him. Uh, mm-hmm. Turns out to be Destroyer in the crab larva form. Not just one, but like a pack of them. And if you've seen Godzilla vs. Destroyer, this thing is a monster. I mean, I, I can... Just one of them would have been problematic, but a pack of them, it's it's going to be nasty. And that's the thing about this series. Um, Mari and Matt Frank were on the uh, Kaiju cast maybe two months ago, and they said all of the creatures that you haven't seen to date from from the, the Toho films are probably going to show up in this nice. in this series. Yeah, I can't wait. So you have um, Destroya, and Manda shows up, and the... Uh, the squid thing—I forget his name. I can look it up, but it doesn't matter.
4: Well, you forgot a name of a. Yeah, well, it's, it's the
1: squid. Who cares? You know oh, what I mean? It's the cares? damn, it's the damn squid. Uh, that's great. Uh, But no, that's the. Gray, yeah. I, it's like, it's I, like I like the blood I, wind of,
0: of the justice. Yeah, who cares. Yeah, he
1: yeah. was Martian Manhunter anyway. <laughs> uh, Don't uh, if if they, dude, before. if they haven't read it by now. <laughs> uh, but no, sure. the, these Godzilla IDW Godzilla books are really fun. They're amazingly well done. Uh, well worth the 3.99 cover price. You know me; I balk a, a lot at, at plopping four dollars down for a book, but I, the the amount of enjoyment I derive from these books is indirectly proportional to the to the cover price. I get huge, huge, uh, just amounts of fun from these things, and they're beautifully illustrated. Get them, be be because they're they're just great. Uh, and and it makes me kind of sad that. IDW seems to be firing on all cylinders. Godzilla books are kicking. The uh, Turtles books are amazing. The Transformers books are arguably the best they've ever been. I, you know what I mean? Fans of, of that franchise, I, yeah. I think that's safe to say. And then you got G.I. Joe. And it's like, what? How, how? I mean, Fred Van Lenti, great writer. It just seems like they can't get a handle on G.I. Joe.
2: Hey, uh, for a while, GI Joe was the was the hot. It, it because, was, it was. Since, you said it earlier tonight. It's cyclical. It it yeah, is. But I, I, I would love right.
1: to see Joe just just ruling again.
2: Hey, there was a time when I thought Joe was the the the, the best thing on the market, and it wasn't that long ago. So I don't
1: know. I just I I want to see something akin to what's going on with these books at, at on the
2: Joe Ten years, it'll oh, be too
1: long. I'm not waiting that long. What, we
2: have to wait 10 years for fucking everything else?
1: Well, I'm I'm getting up there in age. I don't have 10 years to wait. I want it now. Sorry. Instant gratification. But no, uh, these are fantastic books. Chris Eglinton covers. Jeff Zornow covers. Art Adams did a bunch of covers. He's good. I think, yeah. Uh, just fantastic stuff. I Massive, massive kudos to IDW for doing these. Nice. Yeah, love it.
4: That's a really smart idea to... To incorporate the, yeah. the it, modern it, Godzilla into the whole equation, especially
1: if you see the the progenitor bitch slap him, you know, I mean, there's yeah, it's it's, cool. it's no contest at all. And uh, I'll say, uh, Chris Maori's Godzilla's spectacular.
4: How does all this fit into the the Stillco Godzilla series?
1: It well. You uh, I guess the Stoko thing could have been like uh, what did they call uh, astonishing X-Men between the raindrops kind of deal? The, mm-hmm. I, I think the, the Stoko one still stands because all this could be happening during the decades that um, okay. you know, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all connected. We, if it's not, you can make it so in your mind. you know It's not, <laughs> a, it's not a big leap, but yeah, and that, that's another one I forgot. The Stoko Godzilla was great. Yeah, I, I
4: have all the issues. I read the first two. I haven't finished the rest, but I mean, it looks gorgeous. You're
1: not jumping on these p- Godzilla books?
4: No, nah, you know, I'm not. I mean, Godzilla's not really ever been my thing. So
1: yeah, he's a lot of fun.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I have nothing against him. It's just not kind of like with the Conan. I've been mean, I've been obsessed with Conan of late, but it took me a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took, me, it took me 30 years to finally get into it. You know? There's a huge difference right.
1: between these two runs, though. Um, Simon Gain, he draws almost a noirish godzilla it's it's very uh chiaroscuro there's a lo- there's stark blacks and and, mm-hmm. and and brights but the chris maury has a more stylized approach it's mm-hmm. it's not manga-esque it's it's um it's it's a tad bit more cartoony than um gaines run but it's it's equally impressive and like i said the the when he draws uh gojira it is amazing he 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 exaggerates all the right spots—the knees, the head, the 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 big—it's t- just great. Get it? Let me tell you twice.
4: You are a, you are IDW's biggest proponent.
1: I it's know, great. and I'm stunned. Stunned? Stunned. Mars Attacks? Come on! That's great. That's yeah, my, that's that's my book. Yeah. yeah. That
4: second volume of that trade was great.
1: Yep.
0: The second trade was great. Mr. Niceman, Forget- did- I forgot to say hi to um. I forgot to mention uh, Boomer, Billy Z, also. Oh, no doubt. Him. Oh, that's great. I'm gonna no be doubt. doing um, that all night. Did you uh, did you do your homework? I did, but you know what? I also did some other homework, and I hate to um.
1: Ah, oh, David. What? He, no, he's, he's I, been itching. I
0: I know. I know.
1: Christopher, I bought it today. The Blu-ray?
0: Yeah. I have it on my iPad, ready to watch tomorrow.
1: I got it for fifteen uh, bucks.
0: So then, I right, so, so Chris, do you want to wait for everybody to watch it? But
1: you know what pissed me off, Chris? Uh-huh. I what? I up until this afternoon, I did not know. Don't say it because David. Well, uh-huh. David saw uh-huh. it. Yeah, I did not know the, has- the identity of the villain
2: oh who played? I
1: I I amazingly uh dodged oh. that bullet and uh as I was checking out the disc because 15 bucks I wanted to see if it was like maybe oh. a you know like a one disc thing but no uh I was checking out the um special features and it mm-hmm. said and one of them says special feature on Benedict Cumberbatch or whatever the hell his name is as <laughs> Blah blah blah, and uh, I'm like, and you douche. Yes, it said who he was. Uh, Sons
3: yes. of so yes. I
1: got spoiled, but I don't yes. care. I'm going into it. That's Enthusi- the know. You know, it's it's not. It's
2: you. will you, be fine. So you have not watched it yet. No, yes? I just got it today. Okay, no, and so, and so Jason, had, we're we're talking about Star Trek Into Darkness. Yes. Um yes. Okay, so you guys, you guys watch it. I'll be very interested
4: to um, um to know what you thought of it. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm going to love it, just because I've I've read a lot of the criticisms of why some might not have, and I'm not. Although I've always enjoyed Star Trek, I'm not like dogmatic about it to the point yeah. where it would bother I, me. I, I'm assuming I'm
2: assuming that we're that I'm hoping that we're all going to be of the same mind, um, and uh, you know, like a, a Vulcan mind meld, same mind. Yeah. And uh, I I think I think we will be, so it'll be interesting. So we'll put it off for a week.
1: And I that, thought the first cool. one was spectacular. Loved the first one.
2: Yeah, I mean this is not Dad I
0: enjoyed the first one too.
2: Yeah, I, I it's I mean I don't know if it's as good as the first one. Um I enjoyed the hell out of the first one. was just so so freaking great. Now what I will say is that it's uh, you have, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch versus Eric Bana as as a villain. Um
4: <laughs> and Yeah, that's uh, like yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean Santa just he's he doesn't act he just he's just there and so um, and so this Cumberbatch is is really good in this mm. um, we'll talk about it more next week um, one thing speak- before
1: you move on okay I saw something that you I think you raved about uh-huh. uh, when it came out um, I saw my third Bond movie oh which one really Skyfall yeah he did I I thought it was an incredible Stafford. movie.
0: Oh, it's fantastic. It's great,
1: right? Yeah, the are, the, are are all the the recent ones as good? Uh,
0: the oh. Casino Royale maybe, but uh, this was the best one. No. It's, it's,
2: uh, Casino Royale is really good. Um, this is this is it's the best. It's the best out. Yeah, I, I think so too. You
0: might get you you might get a little bit more out of it if you. See Casino Royale, but it's still, it's still a great standalone. Oh, that, that's, that's yeah. the
1: thing that impressed me the most. Like, I, admittedly, I am not the biggest, um, Bond fan, nor am I well versed in the character at all. I mean, my, um, history with Bond is Dr. No and Moonraker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. So, yeah, I know. Uh, huh. so, uh, I, I went in, did. I went into it thinking I was going to have to do a lot of catch up. Everything was laid out for me. I had to know nothing. Yeah. It, it was yeah. just, this is, this is what's, I always thought One M. penny is hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Javier, Javier Bardin is. Oh, he's so freaky. That, that was silver, right? This, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So, oh, he
4: was great. Eat a man. Yeah.
1: But I thought M was a man, though. Wasn't M always a oh, man? No,
4: it's old. Oh. In the old days, yeah. Well, no, yeah. That, that's, but that wasn't.
2: you showing yeah. your age, dude. Yeah, Yeah, Julie Julie Dench has been been M since uh, Pierce Brosnan. Yes. Oh, okay. So, Yeah. yeah, so for quite a long time. But you watched, I mean, you watched all of the movies, so M. Yeah. Yeah, so... It's, I mean, you saw the, the, basically the reset button. Right. It's very comic book like. Oh, <laughs> I mean, just, yeah. And you know, that, that's sexy. what
1: I was thinking. I, I'm thinking like, what is, you know, my idea of the best superhero, um, or comic book movie is the, uh, the, what is it? The dark night, right? Yeah. I thought that this was better. I thought Skyfall was better.
3: Yeah. I, can, yeah. I can.
2: That I mean, it just as far as I mean, the story was great, acting was great. It it did a great job of resetting the series. I hope I hope Daniel Craig is around for me too. I would love to see him for another
1: three. Would be great. Um, I thought it was a leaner movie. There wasn't as many. It was lean. There there wasn't as many um, uh, side quests, so to speak, or you know distractions. If I love the Harvey Dent part, but. I sometimes agree with David that that could have been truncated a Jeremy bit. yeah down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There was,
2: uh, I, it, we talk, we've mentioned Ron uh, a couple times tonight, uh, it, it, and he brought this up that James Bond is Batman. It's.
1: Mm, it, yeah.
2: Par- parents killed, raised by the butler, <laughs> superhero. Yeah. I mean, it's. It, and it's I've biggest, never seen he's,
1: a, he's, a train. He's thrown at bond that part was awesome (laughs) holy crap yeah just a spectacular movie i definitely will buy that on blu-ray i think
0: Uh, that, that that's one of the funnier honest trailers i've seen was for skyfall it was it but it you don't the the honest trailers when they you know bring things to light that are smacking you in the face that that you lose track of when you're in the moment watching the movie It it's still one hell of an enjoyable movie i mean yeah. even, even oh, yeah. i enjoyed it it was i yeah i i had to buy it it was i mean it looks beautiful but it was just
1: yeah that's that, another thing too it's shot very well yeah uh, very,
0: great yeah. Of, uh, of scotland
2: now speaking of um of spy properties and spy movies and that kind of stuff um a little bit of movement this week on one of my favorite comic series and uh mm-hmm. Be kind of neat. And I, I, so this is, this is how I find out about it. I'm, uh, I'm driving around Chicago doing, doing whatever, and my, my phone beeps at me whenever I, I get tweeted at, um, it'll mm-hmm. come up as an, as an alert on my, uh, on my, on my phone. And, uh, uh, John, uh, uh, uh Amer, Amor, Amor, A M O R, um, he tweets at me. He's like, Any thoughts on Ellen Page as Terra Chase? And I'm just like, What? 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 And so, yeah, that was, uh, I was like, Oh, I had to, so it so obviously caught me off guard. And I hadn't I hadn't seen the news on it. So, uh, so anyway, I guess, um, um Ellen Page is interested in, in playing Terra Chase. And what I, what I loved about the, the story, and it was in Variety or whatever, is that, they're very interested in creating a quote-unquote franchise for her to to be this like action character they're wanting to do a born series basically um with ellen page and and queen and country is what is do you a, think of that um
4: she i mean physically she doesn't strike me at all as how i would view tara but you, yeah
1: but she can act she, oh yeah, she's a great actress. Yeah, no question. That's, she, that's yeah. That's that's important. She,
2: she can act. Um you don't want to see
1: Angelina Jolie in this part. You know no, what I mean?
2: No. It, it does Ellen Page is she my my ideal choice, first choice. Um no, but yeah, a couple of different things. First of all, you know, my first choice would probably be something, someone that, that, that no one has ever heard of, and I would be basing it on the Steve Rolston character design. And I understand enough about the world to know that that character probably isn't going to to do it and, or that, that, you know, that, that casting isn't gonna do it. Um, Ellen Page is a really well known actress. She brings her own, you know, cachet with her. There, there are Ellen Page fans that will see a movie that she's in just because it's her. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it from that in a, a, a good actress, a good actor. They can fill any role. I think if the direction is good, there, mm-hmm. you know. You look Charlie's Theron in Monster. Who would have ever thought of casting her in that role? For they, real. Sure. Yeah. That that person was completely transformed sure. uh, for that role. So I th- I think Ellen Page can be I see the humor in that it seems like every fucking British actor is in American TV shows and movies with fake American accents and so for this British um property yeah. we have to find an American actress to, to play. So I see I see the 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 irony in that. Um but second it it's it's like all of the ridiculous ridiculous and I mean stupid fucking internet vitriol that got coughed up over the Ben Affleck thing for, for being cast as, as Bruce Wayne in Batman.
1: Oh no. He was on a roll. It was. Did he get knocked off? We just lost him? No, he's still there. Christopher, did you hit the pause button, buddy? Unmute, bruh. Mute, bruh. mute, Mute, bruh. You know who my first choice would be? This is. And this is gonna, you gonna you may laugh. I think Ellen Barkin would make a great. It's too old. Well, I mean, and yeah, maybe. It's too old. In, in her prime, though. Uh,
2: I oh. I hope I hope that you can remember a time when comic book movie casting had B, C, D, and F list actors attached to it, if they were getting cast at all, mm-hmm. that we can have one of the probably 50 most recognizable actors in the world cast as, as a character that we all have an affinity to is pretty amazing. And you know what? I'm not going to leave the whole daredevil thing at his feet. I know it wasn't great, but <laughs> at some point, you know, it's as Zack Snyder has, has shown us a director can really fuck things up. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately he's attached to this too but but you know it's like come on ellen page ellen page is one of the is one of the most recognizable actresses in hollywood now and she's is attached to one of my favorite comic book properties and people were like are you cool with that i'm like, like yeah if it means it's gonna get made right yeah right. absolutely i'm unhappy I'm and that. she's
1: cute as a button too
2: She's cute as a button, but yeah. she's also, she's also shown act, acting chops in, in some pretty dramatic roles. And I think that, yeah, can, can she play, I don't know, can she play a British spy? I sure as hell hope that we're going to find out. Yeah.
1: I wish Rucka the best of luck with this. I, I, I just, I, I hope it's not another whiteout.
2: You know, it's as long as he got paid for that. Yeah,
1: that's true, but I mean, he could keep getting paid. You know what I mean? Let's get a really good first effort for this so they make like mm-hmm. two or three more. She
4: well, that was awesome in Hard Candy. I don't know if you guys saw that, but that yeah. was. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So she, she can do the, the broken character, mm-hmm. per, you know, and that that's going back now away. So, I mean, she's. God, how old is Ellen Page now? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, she's 30. 30- Thirty. No, it's not. No, it's not thirty. No. no. Wait. Wait. She not. No. no, she got started. new. No. I, I would say twenty-seven. That's 80? it. It's close. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Ah, hey. she she don't stink. You know, what, right?
2: Terror Chase in uh, Operation Crystal Ball. Close twenty-six. Okay. okay.
1: Twenty-six. You know
2: what?
4: Eighty-seven. She was born. God, it makes me feel. Old.
2: Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Terror Chase is in her. I, I would say is in her. Mid late twenties, yeah, you know, probably late twenties. They're around the around the start of of QNC. I mean, yeah. you know, mostly because these people are and put on my my Greg Rucka hat here. These are recruited in their college years and then trained and then put into the field and not in the field very long because they either die or they.
1: Damn it, yeah. we lose Chris again.
2: Oh, yeah, he's and, there. We go. Oh, did I? Did I?
4: Yeah. yeah, brother. Oh, uh. Zilla. Ah, <laughs> lost, lost uh-huh.
1: And it's on his favorite thing, too. That's... Yeah, That's yeah. his thing. That's karma.
4: Oh, shit. <laughs> Speaking of karma... Yeah. I believe Chris read it, too, so if he pops back in, he can chime in. But, uh, you know, we... we we're all... Uh, backers of Kickstarter campaigns, and uh, you know, I'd say it's been a mixed bag. The finished products have been mixed bag. Ranging from amazing to, yeah, you know, forgettable. Um, But one that I was sure was going to be awesome um, has finally arrived, and that is the hardcover volume one of the Bad Karma uh, collection. Mm. And Bad Karma is the art collective of um, a bunch of our buddies from the Midwest, um, most notably um, Mr. Jeremy Hahn, Mr. B. Clay Moore, Mr. Seth Peck, and Mr. Alex Grecian. And uh, the they had a Kickstarter for uh, Bad Karma Volume 1, uh, and it arrived, and it is freaking gorgeous, man. They did an amazing job. And I'm not just saying that because my name's in the book. Um, but it helps. It helps. It's a 195 page anthology uh, of creator owned concepts. There's five concepts in the book. Um, And so there are stories, both prose and comic form that uh, deal with uh, all five properties in different combinations. So like there's some that are, you know, uh, written by Seth Peck and drawn by other people and, and some drawn by Seth Peck and written by other people and, you get the picture. Um, And there is an excellent collection of artists in it, including the aforementioned four guys, as well as Shane White, uh, Nolan Woodard, uh, John Roush, Russ Wooten, Ooh. Nathan Fox. No, really? Um, Andy McDonald, nice. Dave Lafierre, Ty Walker, um, Andrew McLean, Phil Hester.
1: I know him. He introduced our show this week.
4: Yes, sir. Chris Mitten of Wasteland fame. Oh, cool. Um, Alejandro Aragon. uh, Corey Smith. Our buddy Kevin Mellon. Yeah, yeah. And last (laughs) but damn sure not least, Mr. Shaky Kane.
1: Get out of town.
4: Shaky Kane. And uh, it's freaking great, man. You know, as I often say, I'm a fan of anthologies, but I often will say to people who read anthologies that you have to accept that not every story is going to float your boat as much as some of the others. You know, there's going to be favorites. And, um, I'd say that that was the case in this as well, but I love that they're setting up this universe. Um, there's this, this symbol for, for this, the Kraken and, and the symbology appears throughout the entire book. Um, which I just love cause, cause it's just, it's just intertwined. It's almost like a hidden, hidden mechanism in, in each book. And, um, the the first story is you're, you, you got this, this, this illustrator and he's staring at, he's drawing the cr- Kraken symbol and, um, you know, the, the symbol basically leads to his death. And then they show like historical moments where there's different, different, uh, Kraken symbology in like ancient and ancient, like Japanese, um, like, like, uh, like rice paper, um, printer, like all throughout history, you know? um, and and then each each character or group or concept is introduced by the creator um in prose form and then you get stories so um so it's just really really well done man and like with with that creative group my personal favorite was a um uh, a group of stories that they titled Hellbent um and, and the, the 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 premise of Hellbent is essentially like they live with Roddy Piper only set in the Victorian times. Oh, shit. It's, it's like uh, this bearded, bruising, barrel-chested, corrupt cop, and uh, Seth Peck introduces him as saying, "You know, he's like the worst human being he could ever imagine. He is completely without scruples, but he's forced into the role of, of hero because he is beating down some, basically, some. He's he's doing some dirty, collecting some bribes down at the pier." and then he stumbles across some other illegal activity and rather than stop it because he's a cop he he beats the, the two criminals to death to take their money <laughs> and whatever it is they were trying to exchange for it um but lo and behold these 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 humans aren't what they seemed and uh, a gigantic alien-like creature pops out of them and almost kills kills um the the protagonist but doesn't kill him And when he comes to in the hospital, he's lost an eye or his eyes all scarred up. But for some reason now, because of what happened to him, he can see it's almost like they live. He can see which people are possessed by these, you know, inhabited by these alien symbiotes. And of course, as he looks around, he realizes that like they're all over the fucking place. Like half of half of London is like filled with these symbiotes and only he can see them. And then there's like further tales of that, like of that ilk in that universe of him, like Does fighting him. Bubble come, what's that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cum. Read this right, Chris? I mean, you read bed Yeah,
2: yeah. I just, I sorry, I, I finally got back. Um, it is uh, very easily my uh, not that it's uh, been a, a big field so far. Um, very easily my favorite anthology of the year, and one of my one of my favorite Kickstarter projects. It's one of those that. It came, and I was just like, oh, wow, this was so worth it. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, the, yeah, not not disappointed at
4: all with this one. Well, yeah. well worth it. There's a um, – the, the one, Vince, that was drawn by Shiki Kane, written by Alex Grecian, is uh, the last in several stories featuring a character named Middleton, which is basically a boy genius, kind of in the uh, Encyclopedia Brown ilk. But he's he's visited by his future self, who's basically like Sherlock Holmes. And uh, and he has to solve crimes, but it's a Twilight zone kind of thing. Like he, the, the the crimes he's asked to solve, it's not like Encyclopedia Brown where he just you know figures out the who done it. There's there's twist to each one, which is which is terrific. Um, there's a, a a group of stories um, called Old Dog, which is about a you know an old Private Eye that's just you know this grisly, you know sort of that's Clay's story. Yeah, just just yeah. almost you know misanthropic. Uh, I thought the Solomon Gun stuff was awesome. Yes. Yes. Also, excellent. Um, the, that was the first major story, "The Ninth Life of Solomon Gun." Did, did you uh, did you hear how they did that? The,
2: the, we had way back whenever they were still before this was done. Um, we had them on. Yeah, we had them on. Yeah, I did a a, a, a chat with them, mm-hmm. and that that story it's it's it was almost kind of like a game of telephone for them, where they just kind of started it and started passing the story along between the the four what the is it the three three writers? Am I forgetting one? No it's How- four. It's uh it's Grecian Hahn V. Clay and uh, Seth. Yeah, and I'm I'm think I don't know if it I, I'm assuming that Jeremy was writing part of it, but they, they, they basically just started passing the story along and building on it and kind of sculpting the story very organically like that. And then uh and
4: Jeremy drew it and then uh what uh Russ Wooten um did did he do... Well, Solomon Gunn is written by Alex, Jeremy, B. Clay, and Seth, the four guys from Bad Carmen. It's drawn by John Rausch and Russ Wooten.
2: No, Jer- Jeremy drew it, and um, um, Rausch did colors, and Wooten did letters.
4: Well, that's not what it says in the credits here, but... No, it says art by Jeremy Hahn. Oh, in the index, you know what they... I guess the, the index just has them credited...
2: Yeah, in a it's, way. but
4: yeah, you're right in the in the actual in front of the story credits. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, so
2: that yeah. was the out of all of the you know all of the stories in here, it was basically a way for them to create their own anthology out of this like studio, basically. And but this was the they wanted a story that they all were able to work on. Yeah. And so the Solomon Gun is kind of the it's like the it's the uh, the crux of 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 the anthology a lot of you know everything comes out of out of this in a way so yeah i thought that was very cool a, a neat concept yeah
4: and then uh the, the other the other uh recurring storyline is a chaos agent which is cool it's okay. like a guy that uh uh visually they depicted kind of almost like the the way they did uh amadeus cho in the marvel universe you know how he could kind of see how things would work through equations so the chaos agent can see um, you know, uh, visually he can you know th- see sort of the uh, the cause and effect, like the butterfly effect of his actions. So he can you know take a marble and throw it at just the right point, and then the marble will bounce and you know go into the right thing and then explode a building type of thing. And he can visualize all that. And uh, so it's a perfect comic thing, right? Because it'd be very hard to do in live action, and certainly impossible to do in prose. But in comics, it's perfect because mm-hmm. it shows him visualizing you know with 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 you know mathematical symbology and 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 geometry, what's gonna happen, and then it happens it's so cool, I love it, so uh yeah, I thought the whole thing was great. I really thought it was superbly well packaged um just definitely a labor of love from these guys, every story beautifully drawn um you know uh just lots of different looks and feels um but but I think but but all again cohesive with the you know the Kraken symbology, and as chris said the how they kind of all tend for a lot of the first story, just just an amazing job, just. Huge credit to those guys, and uh, you know it's bad karma zero one. It's volume one, so I, I really do hope that uh, we see much more of this uh, in the future because I think there's plenty for fertile ground. You know, every 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 of, of all five ideas, all five are very fertile ground. So. Yeah, it's interesting. I
2: I asked them that and got a very uh, very interesting not not the uh, not the answer that I was looking for. I was like, okay, so you know are you going to jump right in and start working on on bad karma volume two and three and four and have this you know i'm just kind of thinking it's like okay is this going to be you know like a flight or you know this anth you know anthology series and they're like no 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 probably not it's we're wanting this as, as as the launching pad for these these series to you know to have their birth. So, sure, sure. Yeah, so you I, I, you may see a Solomon Gun mini series, or you know a Chaos Agent um, regular series, or mini, or graphic novel, or or whatever. So this is really kind of the, the the petri dish, I guess, that they want a lot of this stuff to to grow out of. So And I was like, but now, after I got it, it's beautiful, and I want a volume two. No doubt.
1: <laughs> it sounds great.
2: It is. It's, it's, it's really, awesome. It's, it's really great. awesome. Yeah.
1: You know, you were saying uh, it was a one of those Kickstarters where you open the package, and you're like, yeah, this was worth it. I mm. cannot remember the last time I said that. It happened to me twice this week. Wow. Well, see, I was just saying,
4: yeah. I, I'm with you, Vince, like, for a, a couple in a row, I was kind of like, ugh. But uh, I've been on back on a roll. Uh, I feel like uh, so it really you know it is you know.
1: Are you back but, a lot more than I do? Yeah,
4: for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, I'll I
2: will I will talk about it next week because we're running short on time here. Um, but I
4: got um Rick Geary's um The Elwell. Oh, he's, the he's
1: amazing.
4: Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like for everyone it's- like that, or bad karma, or God hates astronauts. Like like that. Like to me, like. Every one of these I get is worth two that you know are middling to nuts. You know what I mean? Like just because worst case you back something that you thought was a good idea and you wanted to see print, and and I'm fine with being a patron of the arts. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. so that's kinda kind of how I look at it. Like the busts are still well intended, you know, yeah. and you're kind of helping an artist realize a dream, right? And then the ones that work out are awesome. And in yeah. the grand scheme of things, I feel like it's definitely the scales have tipped. In my favor as a backer, you know,
1: I think someone could make a, a decent amount of money as a a, a Kickstarter consultant. <laughs> no, seriously, because a, a lot of the that's, uh, that's Jason's
2: job, a, a lot of the
1: campaigns I'm seeing now, they're just out of whack. Like uh, the the, uh, the incentives are not there. I, I always wanted to see this in print. Like, one of my favorite artists, I, I, I won't say who, has a project now that he's always wanted to see in, in hard right. copy format. And he really wants to do it. It's a dream. And his video is, is terrible. He just keeps saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Uh, the book is like, say, 160 pages. You can get it for 25 bucks. But, 25 bucks for a black and white 160 paid trade and then you know if you pay him an extra five bucks he'll sign it or something like it, yeah. it, there's just really no thinking involved uh, to be honest in, in in the bait like how do you wrap uh, how do you um, ensnare willingly ensnare patrons you know that's, I, that's I not had, the way I, to do I it had,
2: I, had a, I had a similar experience there was a a, a friend through you know different channels that is like oh yeah you're, you're a comic book guy oh well, i have a friend of mine who's you know doing a comic and it's on kickstarter can you can you promote it on your show and i was like i'll oh, send me the link and it was terrible and the big thing was it it never in the description of the book or in the video never ever said how many pages or what the format of the book was, so yes, you don't, it's just
1: poor planning,
2: yeah, you don't know what you get and and i you know i and I went back and I asked them it's like, what exactly are they wanting to to have funded here? What are they selling? Is it a graphic novel is it is it a a a trade is it so oh no it's it's just a single issue comic. I'm just like, well
1: mm, bad bad road.
2: Yeah, bad, bad. for Kickstarter, bad road. And you know, honestly, for me to for me to throw up five dollars on Kickstarter for a you know for a single issue of a comic, it's you know what, man. It's if I'm gonna do that, there, there's a lot of other stuff that I'm sure I'm um, interested right. in. Yeah, and yeah. I don't disagree. it. But at least on. tell me, make it clear. That's what you need to do is make it clear what you're putting out there. And if it's yes. a twenty. 20- Twenty-page, you know, um, self-cover single issue. You need to say that somewhere in the description of the of the project.
4: Uh, I agree with that, and I was I was going to just add to that, Chris, is that I think you know, Vince, to your point, um, one of the cool things that I'm encouraged and continue to be by Kickstarter is that uh, y- you know, if, if a campaign isn't compelling and, and they don't have good incentives, it doesn't get backed. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, the the. Um, when I did that panel at the C2E2, you know, I had the stats, but, but I mean, you know, roughly 50% of, of comics campaigns don't get backed. And, and that's good. You know, that's, that's how it should be. It should, cause that incentivizes creators to, uh, to get it right, you know? Right. And, um, the one thing I would say, putting aside like the initial campaign that, that, that creators need to be careful of in, in as much as they care about our opinions, um, is they need to be real careful that they don't condition us into thinking that as soon as the thing hits the stands, we're going to be able to order it from previews. Because a number of times now I've backed something uh, and have seen it available in previews for the standard, you know, DCB service discount, which is actually cheaper than what I backed it for. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, caveat emptor, like, you know, I was fine paying the price I paid or I would have backed it. But they can't they need to be careful that doesn't become a trend because people will condition themselves to saying well i'll wait'll I'll, I'll,
2: it's the new wait for the trade it's the new yeah. I'll, wait, yeah. I'll wait for it to get i'll wait for it
4: to get solicited right you know? so and they really can't afford to do that right because in in that case, many of these things won't get backed right yeah.
1: so and while we're on the subject of Kickstarter – um someone on our forum cur- currently has a kickstarter running and i'm i didn't mention this before because i'm only halfway through the book and i, I didn't want to go into it uninformed but uh andre salazar mm-hmm. with this Pariah missouri book yeah,
4: yeah. oh that's his second uh, kickstarter for him.
1: i'm i'm really enjoying this thing
4: he uh he, he backed the, the issue form and now
1: he's oh gone. okay uh and jose luis pescador i mean it is really sharp I like it, it a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a period piece and uh sexy. The drawing is is really good. Um uh it's the it, period costumes of course. Uh and that that that's not easy. A lot of research uh I'm assuming when in, involved in this cuz it's convincing. You know, you can't be convincing without doing the legwork. Uh and uh, I like it a lot. I'll, more when I'm finished. But uh, halfway through, I'm I'm digging it. Pariah, Missouri. G- uh, get on the Kickstarter and, and do a search for that because it's yeah, Pariah, and, Missouri. It's, yeah, it's good yeah, stuff.
4: It does. And to your point, Vince, I mean, I do think that uh, you know not all campaigns um, don't get it right. I mean, uh, I just backed, Basewood, which is a, uh, a it's actually I think a ten year in the works creator owned work by Alec Longstreth, who uh, I first. Oh, he's good. Yeah, I first knew about him because he's a, a good buddy, and a, he was a frequenter of indie spinner. Yeah, yeah, podcast. Charlito, yeah. But uh, you know, Alec not agreed not to shave until Wait, this. What's that? What, what's Charlie doing?
1: No, no, no. He's talking about uh, Longstreth. Uh, the association. Oh, 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 oh between okay. It. okay.
4: Longstreth agreed not to shave until he was done basewood, and it took him eight years. And if, <laughs> if you if you go onto the Kickstarter, you'll see the uh, you'll see a time uh, you'll see a, a time-lapsed video of, of his facial hair at different increments of the eight years.
1: See, that's cool. That's a hook. Uh, That, that, that's, yeah, that's something to, to engage.
4: And and in terms of value, like I did the $25 level and you get, it's a 216 page hardcover and it's, it's already done, you know, like, so the work's done, you know, you're going to get it. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, that's a, it's, it's a beautiful looking book and it's 216 pages. I think that's fair, you know, um. See, the
1: thing I don't like is, um, yeah, I got this, black and white trade that, I, that i'm hawking and, and i could use your support and maybe uh we'll have some color pages uh as a stretch goal maybe, maybe maybe and and maybe we'll have um a hardcover as a stretch goal like no maybes you know what i mean finish the product sell it for what it is if you don't get successful i mean it's not if it's not successfully funded there's a reason yeah you know, don't give me this maybe stuff
4: now one this, one that wow, comes this, this to the the prime looks really nice
1: That's what I'm saying yeah yeah, yeah.
4: consider that backed nice you know? the um like vince the uh the the osamu uh, Osamu Tezuka's crater that we both backed, yeah, yeah you know, that's in previews, oh really yeah,
1: for less than we paid, yeah, but we get an animation sell though
4: right, but I'm saying so, and again, I'm fine with it right like I was fine because yeah. I yeah it's me paying thirty five bucks to get the book.
1: What's it going in previews?
4: Well, whatever the discount is. I mean, oh, that's
1: right. Yeah, but you know what? That's that's an exception because I don't mind throwing money at Tezuka. That's okay. Yeah, I would. Well, I would. I would, a, I would probably I mean, be the pe- Cavi tour, but yeah.
4: But um, but yeah. So uh, my point is, is that there are ones that are I think handled well and and, and have good deals. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh um, sure, sure. Like, I mean, Rucka's Lady Saber is you know you, you can cloth covered you know hardcover and
1: um. Ryan so Brown has to be the king of Kickstarter. What's that? Ryan Brown has to be the king of Kickstarter.
2: Uh, uh, no, um, um, wrong Ryan. Steg- yeah, I was going to say Stegman, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Steg- right. Steg- Stegman freaking killed that. Who was his partner on the... Um, I don't remember.
1: All you, all you need to remember is Stegman. Just <laughs> well, just ask yeah, him. I mean, it,
4: was, it was it was, his buddy's sort of idea, but, but Stegman's the one that did all the illustration in it, so... Yeah, amazing stuff. So.
1: And and you know what? It's one of those ideas. Like, damn, that's so obvious. Why didn't I think of that? You know. And he just nailed it. And they did mm-hmm. they did a great job. Yeah.
4: Yep. I mean, the order of the stick still holds the record for comics. One point oh, three million dollars. Crazy. So
1: yeah, Can man. you? It's like hitting the lottery. Yeah. Yeah.
4: But yep. Penny arcade did what a half million. And- yeah, sir. It's I, funny because the stuff that actually had has the biggest backings of all the time is stuff I've never heard of, and I didn't back.
1: Me too. Like Penny wow, Arcade. That, that's
4: the that's the web comic effect. I mean, that's as,
2: and I don't think that we even really grasp what a different, not even subculture, but a different you know cross culture of the comics, you know, is out there from the web side. I mean, those people are crazy.
1: Yeah, you know, and it, it's it's even. Um, and, I, and that's not derogatory I mean no it, a lot it, of them. it's trickled down to the kids my daughter um, Mia reads this um, is it home slice home home something it it's a it's a, an uh, anime slash manga influenced story and uh, it's on the web and she's on page like 2000 already and she said th- there's no end in sight to the thing and she checks it She's incessant. She'll she'll check it for new episodes like all the time. and See, I always forget. I'm just like she's dressing as one of the characters for Halloween. She made her own costume and everything. It's like wow, crazy. She's awesome. she's infatuated with this thing, and I've never heard of, of it before. Home something, home slice. I don't know what it is. Home skillet. Home, I, don't, I don't know, but it's it, it, she's she's just obsessed. And that mm. to to capture a kid's attention like that, there's something yeah. special about that. It's awesome. Yeah. All right,
0: the um, the ride back. Ride back. The ride. We're we no, talking about wrestling. No one's talking about ride back. Oh,
2: the, hey, real. R- can, can I jump in real quick? Sure. Um, before we leave Kickstarter, we have a great thread on the forum called Kickstarter. Kickstarter's worth kicking. If you are interested in finding out what the eleven o'clock community is kickstarting, that's a great place to go.
1: So that's a good point. You're just need throwing to that networking. That's awesome. That's, yeah, really
0: kicking it in overdrive. Yeah. I'm so sorry, David. Go ahead. Initiative. Okay.
1: You no. just made your initiative role.
0: The uh, um <laughs> the ride back being as long as it is, I decided to um listen to the round uh, roundtable that Jason brought up last week. Oh, nice. Yeah, and and um and again, you know, a lot of what was said, especially amongst you three, is uh, pretty much how i feel but it was interesting hearing um how it kind of trailed off from uh declan bringing up um you know how do you appreciate people critiquing your work to the the other three artists talking about um what they look at in terms of storytelling and and basically the the takeaway that i was getting as i'm listening to this is um I, I guess um I may have been hemming and hawing and, and dragging my feet on this, but yeah, considering we've been doing the podcast for a while, and um I guess I'm no longer just you know just shooting the shit with my buddies once a week. I guess I, I, I guess I could say that it's. I have to admit that I am a reviewer in some way, shape, or form. I, I still don't see myself that way, but I guess I just have to. I think we are, though, especially the four of us. We're different in that regard because we're not just starting a blog and, and, and posting shit to talk about a comic book. And, and we're aware that that there is a, a collaboration between a writer and an artist. And, and as the guys are talking about um, – Declan was talking about taking a script from a TV writer who is going to write for comics and, and how it's – he doesn't want to train somebody to know how to learn how to write a comic book script. If you write a TV script, that's great, but that's not the same thing. And 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 it it made me just wonder things like you know why doesn't an editor step in at that point? Why why does an editor know who would make a good pairing? And and you know hey you know here's here, here's an artist who's you know just cranking things out left and right. I'm going to let him break in this writer who's new to the industry and and overall i i really did enjoy listening to the four artists to to, to the four of them talk and um and i thought it was neat how you know gabriel refuses to to go off script he won't stray and and you know if if that's what the writer wants in the book that that's what he's going to deliver and i don't know if it was riley or or uh yeah it was riley who, who mentioned how I'm always drawing a little shit in there to you know, see if someone will notice it and see, you know, if it'll get through. And, and, um, I thought about the whole sex thing with, with Van Skyver and the new X Men from back in the day, but it, um, I definitely would recommend, um, people listening to, it, especially if you want to, um, I mean, I can't, I, I just feel that it's, it's just, that's a sign of ignorance. If you're just going to say, "Oh, I think Mark Wade did an awesome job on Daredevil this month," and and you know, and it, it, all Mark Wade did was write it, and I'm not saying oh, that's all he did, but but Mark Wade wrote it, and and there are pictures in the comic, and 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 Somni is involved in that, or earlier on it was Rivera, or and and it's it's um.
1: If Somni wasn't as talented as he is, those stories wouldn't be half as good.
0: Exactly, and and yep. that was something else that was brought up. How um, you know, Stegman would take if if someone says oh i love that issue of superior spider-man i thought slot knocked it out of the park stegman takes that as a compliment because if stegman didn't put the work into the issue the the the, the person reading the book wouldn't have gotten the impact from it so it's, it's yeah
1: you're right the sentence uh spider-man 2099 rides on a t-rex is is interesting as a sentence but is nowhere near as compelling when you can see it visualized by someone with the skill of Ryan Stegman. Right. Right.
0: Yep. No, I, and and the guys were talking about. Um, I. I know that there are artists who would look at a page and and think to themselves that you know they would have laid it out a little differently. And and I I do like I like the first of all I can only judge. What what's in front of me what's on the page what's between the covers I can't worry about um, well you know this, this was kicked back to the editor three more times and then I drew this panel but the writer decided to change some dialogue I don't I have no idea what goes on behind I, I can be told stories but I'm only going to review the comic that's in front of me as the finished product right
1: you don't have to know that Right. And that's, and,
0: and they said that too, you know, it's, it's not the reviewer's, um, responsibility to know what happened to make that, that comic. But I, as far as nuts and bolts go and, and how in the process, um, mm. one of my favorite things with the, um, with the art of comic book inking is when Martin has different inkers go over Steve Root's pencils and how each one did something that, whether it was, whether it was Scott Williams or, um, or Rudy Nebris or Mark Farmer, or Kessel, and everybody did something different. They added, or they detracted, or or or, or they they just they embellish it differently. I I would like to see I, which is one thing I loved about the Marvel Tryout book is that you know you could you could like you just said, Vince you know, Spidey 299 rides a T Rex. Well, okay, we we saw how Stegman drew that. Well, then how would Steve Rude draw that? How true? Would, right. Who, who, I,
2: I, who's gonna who's gonna be the last living anchor? Have we have we started a pool yet?
1: Hmm. I don't. I don't think that'll ever go out of style. You I mean, you, what? I don't. I don't think really? it. Does. No. Free, free no. The, the majority of the the mainstream books are inked. Yeah, it's still necessary. It's, it's well, only it, the, the ones that are that spells. are that are late, or they're they're trying <laughs> to you know get an effect from it that they just shoot from pencil. I mean,
0: <laughs> Stegman had an anchor early shoot. on with Scarlet. No, shoots anymore, and and um. And then
2: he started somewhere. Somewhere, John Workman is like, "That's what they said about lettering," and yeah, and that's that's yeah.
1: You know what came to me in the interim, um, from the time of our discussion last week, and all the the good ideas always come to me when we're not recording. Exactly. Um, When Chris and I were were talking, and he said, "You know, it's taken him four years plus to to get confident enough to to uh, speak." about art and 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 i thought you know there there's a, a huge 40 years. there's a huge amount of truth in in the old chestnut you know i don't know much about art but i know what i like, I know what I like. that's all you need to know is what you like right. you you don't need yeah. to yeah, I yeah no it's seriously you don't you don't have to have a grasp of any of the technical aspect of it all you need to i know can't is,
2: i can't tell you why i love mignola I I really can't I can't explain it to you you would be much more eloquent about it
1: No that's it's a, see yeah. again it doesn't have anything to do with eloquence there there's uh, you know it, no
2: it does no you it, it honesty it's honesty No it absolutely does as a reviewer, as someone who is speaking about the medium, as a fan, you don't have to tell anyone why you like something. You just know you like it or you don't like it.
1: But I I think it's more important to tell them why.
2: Well, no, it's not. Um,
1: Credibility, uh, credence. (laughs) only, Only
2: if you put yourself in the position like we have as being people that talk about art and talk about writing, even though we're not, you know, for the most part, you know for the most part is schooled or um or do it for a living you know we're talking about a you know a professional you know a you know a profession on both sides um are in writing you know as as critics you know honestly we are being critical and and being critics in it, and so yeah it takes a while to to kind of you know, as you say, crack that just. Yeah, knife.
1: and then some people fall into the old, you know, Dick Clark American Bandstand trap of everything has a good beat and you can dance to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot of people just say the same things. That's,
2: that's that's most Marvel in DC. You know, it's the house style. It's got a good beat. You can dance to it. And it's, you know, that's that's why. You know, honestly, I think that's why we we gravitate towards a lot of a lot of independent comics is that they probably take more chances. Sure. You know, yeah. And if you're going to use the the music analogy you know but a lot of those folks are still trying to trying to get on bandstand you know and they yeah. will change and the And you beat. can't
1: you can't blame them cuz there's a lot more eyes and ears on the bandstand than there is you know sure. in this in the small clubs but uh, yeah and another thing that came to me again in between was don't nobody considers the fact that we love to do this, and that's pretty obvious. But sure. you, you all have to admit that we have sacrificed. We've made a huge sacrifice in doing this, in that we cannot read anything for enjoyment anymore. It's, it's utterly impossible. <laughs> oh, I strongly disagree. Oh, I can't open up. A, I can't read a comic. I went through a couple of years of that. You I, need, you need to go on walkabout. <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to happen, <laughs> saying, dude. I'll be the last stuff I read
4: for enjoyment, and then I. Think back when it's time for the show, what I want to talk about. I don't. I don't.
1: But I, but when you weigh the merits of the stuff you read, you, whether you know it or not, as you're doing it, you're 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 assessing the the book based on what you think is good, right? I I, I go through
4: no I no, but I, I did, just read it and say do I, I enjoy it. I, uh, yeah, I don't. I, I don't ever. I do. honest, I don't think about the show while I'm reading comics. No, I, I, I
1: I can't read anything without analyzing.
4: Unless can't. it's something that we agree to read, like yeah. Red Star. I mean, if if I'm reading it to under the auspice of we have we've agreed to read it to talk about on the show then yeah then i'll think oh boy okay let me uh, yeah, kinda,
0: i but, don't read but what I, much what is, i used to so what i do read i tend to have it set that i'm reading it for the show yeah I had,
1: I had this problem that, too
0: exactly, it's turned into a good witness test
2: for me if i find myself reading something and all i can think about is what i'm gonna say about it whenever we get together and and do the show that is an absolute red flag that what i'm reading is garbage.
4: It's a good point. Hmm. If
2: if if i and that's that's what i loved about this last volume of sweet tooth is that everything fell away and i wasn't worried about anything except for the characters on the page. And i set it down and it was literally hours later that I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to talk about this on the show. That was amazing. But and and the bad karma stuff the same way. I'm just like, Wow, this is just really good comics. But if I'm reading, you know, Age of Ultron and I'm just like, Wow, what am I going to say about this witty dialogue? You know, it's mm, I'm yeah.
1: like okay. I, I used to red flag. I used to stop reading things that, that didn't um, excite me because of that like I can't talk about this on the show it, it it'll be depressing it'll be a downer but uh, and this is a reaction to a lot of people on the Twitter and the forum saying oh I guess it's time to pile on DC now because everybody's not digging what they're doing I'm I'm of the mindset now that if it's a turd I'm gonna call it a turd yeah. be- because that's honesty to me is more important than <laughs> yeah. than than bringing you know upbeat uh witty uh assessments of, of books. If if you know the, if, if it, the it, book stinks I'm or I thought it's it it's stunk, I'm gonna tell them.
2: I at the at this point with as much and it's it's a great problem to have. We there are so many comics out there and they're so readily available through through whatever whatever way you want to read them. If something isn't good five pages in I stop. I don't mm. I don't have fucking time.
1: See, I'm a little bit more lenient than that. But, <laughs> yeah, same time. But I, you know, if no, I if
2: I, I put I, I, No, I there's there's so much shit I need to read that 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 gets suggested to me and that I know is good. If something isn't good in 5 pages, fuck it,
0: it's gone. See, some of those people who getting back to what Vince said about how I guess it's time to pile on DC, some of those I I'm sure I I know. I just speaking to people you have the dc noise podcast you have i mean we know people jason and i hung out with some of them this weekend they're still enjoying what dc's doing and that's and and there's nothing wrong with that but that some of the people who were just (laughs) what do you you
2: always say david
0: uh, well i I love my friends, it it makes me happy when
2: my friends are yeah that, that,
0: that that that's jason's but yeah i absolutely i i follow that 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 policy as well the the um but I just get the feeling that some of the people who are talking about how, oh, everybody's shitting on DC, I, I think, I really do believe that some of those people saying that are just trying to complete their runs. And they just want it. They're just sticking with it because they don't want that
1: gap. Yeah. Yeah. Blissful blissful optimism. Um, and you know what? I, I have to be honest. I read every one of the villain books that came out last week, and I read five today. I I really don't. That, a... I because I I need to be informed. I can't just dump on DC for no reason, just assuming that the books aren't good, right? I I, I so you figure um, everything last week plus five today. I really don't see the point of of this this whole uh, spotlight on the villains. If if you
0: gave a fucking Joker origin, y-
1: yeah yeah uh, that was yes, Batman twenty three point one. If if you are going to tweak uh, an origin. At least make it better, or, or or try to make it better, right? Aside from the Mongol issue, which was absolutely stunning. I mean, um, Jim a, Jim Starlin wrote it.
0: Oh, there we go. Howard
1: Howard Porter drew it. You wow. would not recognize this as the Howard Porter that drew JLA back in LA. the day. He yeah. is absolutely fantastic. It is stunning, right? But that's the, the one of the one of the few exceptions, like. Um last week Action Comics, uh what was it, twenty three point one, they they redid the whole origin of the cyborg Superman. He's no longer Hack Henshaw. Okay. He's Zor uh, els brother. Okay. Yeah, it just doesn't it it makes no sense. I mean so i are going for the shock. No, but in, in making it in, in distancing it from Superman, like, Hank Henshaw hated Superman because he thought it oh, was, right, because yeah. he thought he was mm-hmm. responsible for the death of his that was wife. That's
0: the whole Fantastic Four analog, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So now they're making it, um, Zorel, which is Jorel's brother, mm-hmm. that they had this rivalry. They were both really smart and they, they both knew that the shit was going to hit the fan at, on Krypton. And one used Brainiac technology to, to try and put a, a dome over, um, the city and you know uh el just wanted to get the kids off the planet and save the kids and well we're gonna die. And I mean push comes to shove, Zorel was his thing worked. But there was a chunk of Krypton floating in space and they all died because they had no food, they had no oxygen. So mm-hmm. so Brainiac comes and strips all of um Zorel's memory, puts cybernetic like parts in him to make him perfect, and now he's the cyborg Superman. You're distancing it from the star of the book. Like, the the reason people read yeah. Superman books are because of Superman. So if you can directly tie your villain to your main character, that's awesome. Now, it's not Superman, it's not his father, it's his uncle. You know, it just doesn't make any sense why you... I mean, Jurgen's original idea was good. Yeah. This is not right. good. This is just not good. And and I I'm seeing this with every single one of them. There's just the Joker thing. The Joker's skin is is white because his mother his aunt scrubbed his face with bleach. Bleach, yeah. Like that's uh, amazing. We know he's nuts. You don't have to give us any more reason than he fell into the vat of goop, and he's just batshit crazy. That works. Now he's abused. You know, and, and I, just, I just don't get it. Make these origins, at least, if you're not going to make them better, at least make them as good it's, as, as it's, the the ones that came before.
0: So, so instead of, they, they have all these years of history, and because it's the new 52, and, and they're trying to tweak it.
1: It's just, it's, it's change for the sake of change.
0: Right, and whereas with, with we'll, we'll talk about it next week with Star Trek, but at least with, with Abrams and Lindelof and, and and or is it what what they're doing is they are taking what you know based on the past Star Trek and some things are going to be like holy crap or that's neat but it's not they're not changing it just to change it.
1: Right. That I think I I get the feeling that that's just what's going on here. And and like Andy Clark illustrated the the Joker issue of Batman really sharp. I mean, when you got a gorilla in there DC plus gorilla equals win, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, it just couldn't do it. I just I, it was it, it was just listless. It wasn't fun to read. I don't okay. know whatever. What was
2: fun to read in your DCBS list
1: this week? Oh, that's right because you can get your books and uh, collectibles at huge. Galacticized discounts from DCBS. 35 to 75% off. Remember the code EOC8 gets you an extra 8%. Late orders in addition. They don't care. And you get your previous cheap. What else do you want? There's no other place you're going to get these kind of discounts. I'm telling you. I'm so cheap. I've looked. They're the, they're the best. They're the best. In your travels, my friends, I implore you Hmm. to keep an eye out. For um, the the latest issue of a uh, from our friends at Tomorrow's get this: Carrie Bates, Keith Giffen, Mike Grell, Paul Levitz, Greg LaRock, Steve Lytle, Cockrum, and much more. It's the 68th issue of uh, Back Issue Magazine. Cover price is $8.95, but I'm telling you, if you go to the Tomorrow's website and order it digitally, it's much. Cheaper. It's like $3 and, mm-hmm. and, and some cents. This issue is a spotlight on the Legion of Superheroes in the 1970s and 1980s. You got your Superboy, Bronze Age. You got um Legion Fantasy covers by John Watson, The Honored Dead of the Legion of Superheroes, saluting the fallen heroes of the 30th century. Paul Levitz welcomes you to the 30th century. Uh, the Legion's long-lasting mythmaker discusses the book. We go back to the future. The Legion of the nineteen eighties. Uh, history of the time-trapper. A profile on Cosmic Boy. It's just all Legion all the time, and it's great. Go get it. Back issue number sixty-eight. It's it's just so good, and it's long. I think it's like uh, ooh, it's over a hundred pages, isn't it? No, it's eighty. 80 some pages but all of them are great digests Gil Kane, nice. just great stuff yeah get it
3: damn
2: okay um we've talked about razzle before right yep yeah a little bit occasionally every once in a while, every once in a while. uh i was gonna i was gonna chit chat it uh up a little bit this week but um um I will probably save this for next week. Um, the Razzle hardcover is out, and it's really, really pretty. Um, the The major difference in this is that it's uh, it's in color, and Ooh. i th- i think I think I like it. In I think I like <laughs> it in color.
1: Mm. Um, I'm scared. I'm scared, Chris.
2: I'm a little scared, but um, what you'll like, Vince, is that it's. Um, it's colored really well. It's a nice um, muted. Well, it's the
4: same guy that did the bone coloring, right? I was just gonna say, right? Yeah,
2: it's it's a really nice muted palette. It's not um, it's not over the top, vivid and and oversaturated. Um, it's a really nice matte paper. So it's got a really um, it's got a really organic, um, nice toothy, earthy feel to it. Um, so so the coloring. Yeah, the coloring's really nice. I don't know if I like it, um, compared to, like, the punchiness of the oversized collections because it is a, a very, like, noir influence story. Um, regardless, it's, it's a absolutely beautiful collection. Um, it is from, uh, from Cartoon Books. It is done by that Jeff Smith dude um it retails for 39.95 so you know you can find that at, at certain places for uh for uh, a good chunk off of that i check uh sure. instocktrades.com uh That's the dcbs uh, sister site um or i'm sure you can order it straight through dcbs in your next order um really nice hardcover collection um one of my favorite stories of the last decade and um have we have we done a talk on on the whole series yeah. through its okay through it through its completion mm-hmm. i didn't know if we had if we had gotten to the last issue or not yeah i don't think well, i
1: don't i don't think well, we spilled I, the beans on the last no, one but we, yeah, we went in pretty Fitz deep
0: talked about it when when he uh when he finished it that,
1: you could, okay you gotta wonder what was smith's mindset I mean, graphically going into that, did he did he draw it in hopes of it being colored one day, or because I, if, if memory I th- serves, th- I think, there's I a. I think
2: that's. I think that's one of the beauties of of his art is that um, it will hold. It'll hold the color. It can, it, I think of it like a really well designed logo. And, and you as a graphic designer understand this is that you never start designing a logo in full color. You always design a logo in black and white and then you give it a color treatment. Mm. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I think, I think Smith's art works in black and white and then it's very readily accessible to, to take a color treatment is how I look at it.
1: Yeah. It, I I just think there's a danger there. Like, like um, that Paul Pope thing. Uh, what was it? Um, uh, they, they recently released a, a colorized version of a work that was originally published in black and white. Now when you take Paul Pope and add color, that's a risk. I mean, because the the line work is so damn strong, and he uses a lot of you know thick well, th- thick black. And- but, the, but that's
2: the thing is that you you don't you don't allow the color to overpower the line work, and that's that's what I see. in you know because man, there are a lot of colorists out there that just go Photoshop crazy, and it ends up looking you know like a a, a Technicolor fucking train wreck. Yeah. Um, like this is not it's very painterly. It's cool. look it looks it, it looks painted. And I know it's probably not I know it's all digital, but it's still um, painting. It's still yeah, it's it's digitally painted. It's not there there are no Photoshop gradient effects in this. Sweet.
1: Yeah. No fifth yeah. fifth ink.
2: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just it's 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 very very well done. Um actually I gotta you know, I'm I'm saying Go ahead. I'm gonna find out who
3: colored it.
1: David, remember when um after the Clone Saga, when uh, Marvel was using the Fifth inks on the Spider-Man covers? Yeah. Oh, eye eye searing.
4: Steve Steve Hammaker was the colorist.
3: He, it's, and, uh, it's
4: it's again it's the same guy. It's it's the same, he, same he, guy. He, he was Bone. nominated for a couple of Eisners for his coloring on Bone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, uh He shares an office with uh, with Jeff. They're good friends. He he actually. He met Hammerker uh, back when uh, when Bone was being uh, pimped to uh, to have a toy line. Hammerker worked for the toy company. He was in charge of uh, designing the toys. And then the toy company went belly up, and uh, and Jeff felt bad for Steve, so he was oh, like want to come color the books, and uh, and has basically been doing that for the last decade. So why
1: don't you take a swim in my huge money pit? <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> Here is the vault of gold coins.
1: Yeah. yeah, i like to throw them up in the air and let them fall on my head
0: uh I will get further into it, maybe bring it up next week, but I just got sucked into um my management, so go ahead and nice. the guys have talked about it before yes. I know Jason loves it. I'll so. read
1: that for next week
0: okay cool um so we can uh we can we can talk over that, but yeah that i mean i'm i i thought super spy was was fantastic both books and uh the lost dossier so i am all about checking more Ken out and i you know it's it's one of those things where it, and you know jason talked about it this weekend too about me where you know i just i'm not i i i kind of wait for hype to die down and it's not like everybody was talking about my management and i trust jason and I, I i know people who enjoy my management so it was something that yeah i was going to get to it's not i'm not really kicking myself for waiting this long, but I am very happy that, that that I now have have the time to uh to devote to it. So
1: good. Push they're, push they're, me to read it wrong. next week.
0: They're not wrong. Read it. Do it. And and um and maybe if you didn't already know you can go and read that story about um, you know, James Jean being broke and, and drawing for shoes.
1: <laughs> like Andy.
0: <laughs> Jason was floored when he found that out. <laughs> no doubt,
1: Jason. Um, not that I'm doing you a favor by reading Mind Management because uh, I'm sure it will be a rewarding experience. But if I read it, will you get your ass caught up on Battle, Battle for the Atom, Battle of the Atom? The the you X- mean
0: read the one issue that I haven't read yet. There's no, three, there's straight, bro. There's three today. Check the lever. Oh shit! It, it
1: is awesome. Please, please I'm read reading, it.
0: Yeah, the, I'm up to the third issue. Well, I got to
4: Well, the, yeah, I will. I just but I gotta. That means I gotta catch up on the X titles.
1: Well, you're going to anyway. I'm just trying to light the yeah, little Yeah, I mean, uh,
4: definitely. I mean, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, that's an easy twist my heart, why don't you?
1: And your your cousin, Brian Wood, did the <laughs> chap- chapter today, and it's great. Oh, that's my
4: cousin. It's great. You actually had the chance to talk to my cousin at the con and, and passed up on it.
1: Cool feet. You got nervous.
4: No, no, he was just busy, and Ron went over to chat with him, and it was like, eh, sorry.
1: He writes a great, great kiddie pride.
4: No doubt. Yeah, he yeah. does.
1: Yeah, he does. I'm stunned that I'm enjoying these X-Books so much. And stunned. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be. the
4: rock. Uh, in your travels, um, well, first of all, again, speaking of getting caught up, um, it's only two issues in, so caveat and all that. I mean, lots of lots of events have, have started off strong and floundered at the end, but Infinity uh, Infinity's freaking pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah really it so. is. <laughs> it's uh <laughs> It, it, it is an, an impressive feat, and, and I will stick by what I said last week in that it is, uh it, it is certainly. Don't uh, worry, it's, it's not It'll, it'll, it'll catch up really, by, by the by the stop. end. You all will be fucking crying, big old, big old big old old man oh, nah. tears. But but so but in the meantime, um, civil uh, war again. Uh, no. I read the first trade of um, the Marvel Now relaunch of, of Secret Avengers, and. Uh, it's cool it it's not at all what i expected um and it's this interesting amalgamation of the movie realities with with the the comic reality um in that um like agent colson's in it mhm um you know black sam jackson nick fury's in it um Although that this is not the first appearance of either of those characters, they both first appeared in Battle Scars, right? The main series, um, and you know this this is a book that's got a lot of things that are easy marks for me. Uh, it's got Natasha Black Widow as one of the main protagonists. It's got Taskmaster as one of the uh, initial main characters. Um, so, had a lot working for me. I don't know in in keeping with what uh, the the Declan conversation about artists and sometimes not getting the credit they deserve there's some fantastic visual sight gags in this and i honestly don't know if it's just stuff that luke ross put in on his own or if he was you know told by uh by nick spencer to put it in but like there's a they're in the Carrier and there's a sign that says 193 days since hella since the helicarrier crashed you know yeah. like they have them, <laughs> that's freaking hilarious um but uh i really enjoyed it um you know again i i, I don't uh you've got aim in this and and I was surprised in reading it how much um of it ties back into the Avengers and infinity um there is stuff that was going on in the Avengers that in terms of like aim island and the like which which this this sets up which I didn't realize that this sort of preceded that so uh g- give it a whirl it's uh it's it's definitely if you're enjoying the whole Hickman you know Avengers ethos and the related books then this definitely fits squarely into that, that little pocket
1: yeah I don't know what issue it was but um, I think it was eight maybe but that panel that starts it off with, Where are the first with, lives. oh there's a panel with Mockingbird and the West Coast Avengers and Luke Ross just it's a great great panel he's, yeah, they've
4: he's, really switched up Mockingbird in this book yeah she's like a chameleon in this book
1: she's hot too
4: she she looks great. Yeah, uh, and I didn't realize that the new Nick Fury wears the, um,
0: the Steve Rogers the Captain. Yeah, yeah, the Super uh, Soldier suit, Super Soldier's called. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
4: Um, it's and, a fun book. Guess,
0: yeah, and it's I
4: could definitely see how people that haven't read Marvel as 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 regularly might be looking at this Nick Fury and being like, "What the? What the what?" But uh, but it, it all makes sense if you. The, the simple answer is this is, is one of the original Nick Fury's sons. I mean, that's the mm. the, the most simple explanation for it. That that's the I retcon. Yeah, that is the retcon. Uh, yeah. So.
1: Wow. No. Chris is just
0: upset because he didn't, he didn't get up to it in, in Garth's book, in the, in the Nick said. Fury Max book. So, nah, you know.
1: It's, it's a pretty good book. Yeah, it is. Yeah.
4: It is. And, and for those are two creators me up when it's over. I've been tough on at times in the past between mm-hmm. Nick and uh, Luke, so wanted to give them their propers.
1: Aww. yeah, and you got to you got to push Avengers Arena too because that's a great book.
4: Oh, definitely, and, and yeah. congratulations to Dennis Hopeless who won best new artist or best new creator at, uh, nice. at uh, the Harveys, which is funny because he's been creating comics for about a decade. But yes. yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. It's a really good series too. All right, everybody, hey look at this We were three
4: hours we gave you
1: almost yeah you know why because I say it every week because we love you and we'll be back again next week to give you more love so join us please
3: call me
1: yeah call David yeah too long
2: we're 40 minutes too long nah. oh lord 40 minutes too long it's seriously my, it's
1: my oasis in a, in a week of shit
2: sorry if we wanted to your, have you oasis, oasis, to your, oasis, your oasis is 40 minutes too long
1: well, it could be another forty minutes too long. <laughs> yeah, could
2: be another fourth person. Wow! As, as I Big said, when, As I said, when it's like, "Oh, you're gonna get fired," I was like, "Fucking please."
1: <laughs> See, <laughs> it please, dude. It should be a joy. That's why we're here. Mm-hmm. See, is, yeah.
2: you have to put it in. You have to. You have to put that fucking rainbow on a bottle, Vince, and cherish it.
1: Comics are awesome. That's hot. Yep.
2: Well, no, they're okay. Ah, a
1: whole bunch of awesome. Uh, Join us next week, people. Occasionally
2: entertaining.
1: Do it, bitches. Yep, all Marvel next week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Take next week off.
1: Oh. So good. House of Ideas Bitches (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Baltimore Comic Con Sons Yes Yes. Yeah we'll find Some more stories House of Ideas
4: Oh and can Can Christina and Cam Please Let us know Text a brother When you're in town Next time Two (laughs) cons in a row I've missed seeing them Because I didn't know They were there
1: Maybe it's by design Did you ever think of that They
4: claim it's not But maybe it is I don't know I'm getting complex (laughs) I'm skeptical
1: can you feel the love to <laughs> We're done. It's so weird.